Generation Red Pill. You know us, just two guys going beyond conspiracy theories, getting right into the heart of the conspiracy itself. I'm Jason Spears with my co-host, Christopher Dean. Yum, yum. Join us as we go behind enemy lines to reveal the truth about another aspect of this occult matrix as we discuss in this week's Intel Briefing. Toxic food, weaponizing our appetites with Ryan Dean. In an effort to cure hunger, have companies endeavored to create cheap food or it's Satan once again using the power of our appetites to seduce humanity back under his reign? We're going to talk about this and much more coming up right here on Operation Bread Pill. Ladies, gentlemen, calorie counters, and food aficionados, welcome back to another episode of Operation Red Pill, where we take you beyond conspiracy theories and get you right into the heart of the conspiracy itself. Now listen, we have got a smorgasbord of things to discuss today. We gotta talk about occultism and the manipulation of major companies like Procter & Gamble, Kellogg's, and others on our food and on us as a whole. And we're going to also talk about how some of these companies are making use of aborted fetal tissue in our food production in order to make it more addictive to our taste. I'm telling you, it's crazy, but we're going to get into that. And then finally, we're going to take a look at how all of this is leading to population control and the acquisition of U.S. farmland by parasitic elites in order to control food production and food supply. But before we get into all of that, Y'all got to help me find my co-host because I think he's out in the field. He might be trapped under a bovine. Hmm. What's the right word here? I think the correct term would be. I don't know. He might be trapped under a quadrant. <laughs> he might be trapped under a. Wow. He might be trapped under a monochromatic bovine quadruped. And he'd do this, not for me. He would do it for you, ladies and gentlemen, because he's trying to get the latest research, the hottest information. He's actually doing, I think, he's, he texts me, he really might be doing in-the-field research on cow pies just to see what the elites are doing with our food supply. So it's time for us to call Christopher Dean out from the field and into the studio. Make sure that he washes his boots and gets all of that crap off before he gets to the studio because I don't play that. And in order to do that, I need you ladies to put the call out. You know the call. I need you to go ahead and put your hands together for my co-host, Mr. Christopher Adam Dean. Ladies, ladies, take it easy. I'm a I'm a married man. Uh, he is, but I'm not. Ladies, go ahead and put your hands together for Mr. Black Tastic. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Bring it. Bring it. A little bit more. All right, that's enough. My ego cannot afford anymore. Christopher, how you doing this week, bro? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Think I'm ready to get this get this show rolling. Dude, I, I'm looking forward to this because this whole topic about food can be a little touchy. You know what I mean? Anytime we start talking about appetites and things that are going on, it can be one of those things that people don't like to actually have a conversation about. But I think it's an imperative conversation because 
where we don't talk about things, where the shadow lurks, a lot of evil tends to occupy that shadow region. And there's money to be made. Yeah, there's a lot of money. And I think, you know, we talk about, at least with the movies, you talk about how you shouldn't have a safer, sacred cow. But I think <laughs> some people's sacred cow is cow in and of itself. And we, we don't mean the Hindus, right? <laughs> right, right. But like beef. I got you. So I think in that kind of sh- shadowy area and in, in that people don't want their um, appetites or their tastes um, infringed upon, uh, the enemy's allowed to work in, in that gray area. Yes. Sometimes dealing with those sacred cows, as you put it, can be a little trippy and you need a little bit of help from someone. In fact, we realize we need help. And so we reached out to our special guest and I think it's about time we go ahead and bring him on the show. So Christopher, help me welcome, not your family member, but someone else who does have your surname, Mr. Ryan Dean. How's it going, man? <laughs> What's going on, dude? Yeah, no, that is such a fun uh, little coincidence. So we got the same last name, man. <laughs> yeah, I was telling people, I was like, oh, we're doing a show with Ryan Dean. And they were like, is that your brother? <laughs> nah. And we don't look the same at all. You know what I mean? Like, Not at all. Nah, if you ask me, there are some glaring similarities. Oh! <laughs> there are some. Yes! We yes! both have the hairline. We both got all that stuff, man. We both got beards. Yours is a little bit more boisterous than mine. I would say a little, bit. a little bit. We all got good beards here, though. We, we I like it. The beer game stepped up here. I, I right. do like that. <laughs> Definitely appreciate that. We got a <laughs> lot to get into today, gentlemen. But before we jump into the deep end of things we like to do here on ORP, got a quick question for you. What was your favorite cereal growing up? Growing up, man, I liked a lot of peanut butter stuff. Um, so I, I really did enjoy Reese's Pieces until I ate them when I had the flu one time as a child. Um, so, I, well, you know, I ate a little too much. And <laughs> what happens when you when you get the flu and, you know, just projectile vomiting exorcist style of peanut butter, <laughs> like your favorite food. And then you throw it up and then you don't want it anymore because you yeah, taste that's it in all the wrong yeah. ways. So, yeah, uh, Reese's Pieces was my go to. But after that tragic incident, it was Apple Jacks. Okay. What about for you, Christopher? Well, for me, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's really whatever cereal was not on sale was my favorite cereal. All right, you got to explain that. Well, because we didn't have a lot of money growing up. My mom was real frugal, right? Okay. So she'd buy a lot of whatever was on sale. And even if it was like my favorite at the beginning of the month, it was not my favorite (laughs) at the end. And there was even this one time that there was... I think it was Kroger. They were running a sale on um, Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm-hmm. And I loved Honey Nut Cheerios. And with the sale plus the coupon, they were they were free. Wow. So we got like 20, 30 boxes of cereal. Wow. <laughs> and, and now, you know what? Is Honey that too Nut much Cheerios, of a good thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wild. Was, whatever had the higher price tag at the store was what I was craving. In, in my childhood, that's pretty much how it worked. <laughs> that's interesting, man. Because like, I still have problems when I go to the grocery store and walk down the cereal aisle. And mm-hmm. normally, it's a trip through my childhood. Like most of the time, okay. if I'm picking cereal, I'm not picking for health. I'm normally picking emotionally on 
that cereal and me had a good time. I do remember <laughs> what we were watching the last time we had that. Okay. So I find for me, like my, my favorite cereal growing up was probably Lucky Charms. And I remember sitting there going, when I become an adult, I'm buying all the boxes of Lucky Charms. <laughs> I'm taking all the cereal out and I'm having nothing but marshmallows. That's how I know I've oh. arrived. Then these dudes, they flip the whole script on me and they actually offer a Lucky Charms with nothing but marshmallows. And I have yet to buy awful. it. Right. It's got to be awful for you. it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is ridiculous. But like, I, I remember we would vacillate between different things. That was probably my favorite. But there are other ones that have like a staple in my mind. My mother used to always get Crispex. So mm-hmm. I, I liked that. My dad used to do kicks or pops or um, what's the other one? Sugar puffs, I think it's called. Golden puffs. I was going to say, if it's sugar smacks, you got to I mean, get out of here with the sugar smacks. Have you they, seen those? Yeah, but I never got into them. No, dude. They're disgu- it's like styrofoam. Yeah, but as a kid, no, but you it, don't know that. It's, it's styrofoam and brown sugar. That's, yeah. that's what makes mm, it better. <laughs> that does make a difference. Worst cereal, pound for pound, the worst cereal out there. <laughs> well, ironically, overall, cereal is not the best thing for you. Hang but, on. Before we, can, before we move on, I've remembered it. A unique thing about my childhood and cereal. I'm sorry. We already have been traumatized by your childhood and lack of <laughs> lack of opportunity when it comes to cereal selection. We can't. No, it, it, it gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> so you, you mentioned Crispix. Okay. And like uh, I was lactose intolerant at a real early age. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to eat cereal like the big kids. So my mom would have to supplement milk with like juice oh, and, and sweet tea. But you can't put like orange juice no. with fruity pebbles. So it has to be that bland like rice cereal or whatever. So to this day, that's, that combination, as disgusting as it sounds, still has like a, um, a cathartic uh, impact on me. So every now and again, I'll get like crisp picks and an orange juice or something like that. The audience cannot see me, <laughs> but you can. Do you see the look on my face right now? Yeah. Well, you've got glasses on, so I'm not 100% sure. Oh, no, I'm, sure, I, I'm sure you can see through those. <laughs> and you can see the overall angst that I am in. I am yeah. emotionally traumatized. I, was like, I mean, water would almost it? be better. Than, almost. Than, no, almost. No. No. See, I've tried that. I, we ran out of milk one time. <laughs> right? And I was mad at myself because it was. it's funny how like my mind works. I, I try to learn from my mistakes. And so this was one of these lessons that taught me you need to pre-plan. I had already got the ball, already poured in the cereal, had my mouth ready, poured in a little milk, and didn't have enough to make a real bowl, right? So I was like, so what do you do? We have, I went back to the refrigerator. It's still a little kid, so I figured if you open and close it a few times, milk will magically appear. Right. <laughs> Did not work. So I'm like, well, just throw some water in it. Just cut it a little bit. Worst decision of my life. Yeah, like, man, that's oh, rough. Oh gosh, yeah, I, I was I was so upset. I had to sneak <laughs> yeah. and throw out the bowl, and I hope my mother doesn't hear this because she'll make me still pay for that bowl to this day. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I got one last cereal question for you guys. This is a quick one. Have you seen the Mandela effect thing with Fruit Loops? No, I haven't. So, do you remember it being spelled out like fruit was spelled out properly, or fruit had two uh, Fruit Loops as the two O's, and then the Loops had the two O's as well? I remember fruit being spelled out and then two O's with the loops. Okay. I don't remember. You don't remember at all. Okay. So yeah, that was a thing. Like one of the Mandela's is that a lot of people remember the fruit being spelled F 
R loop loop T and then L loop loop P. Yeah, I'm not putting you know no money I mean? on my memory because you know yeah. I've I've realized small details like that don't carry over right. 30, 40 years later. Well, that's but, a Mandela effect, dude. Yeah, it's right, kind right. of interesting. But I tell you the one thing about this whole serial thing, as interesting as it is, it, it really highlights how difficult it is to implement like a healthy eating regimen in a family. Yeah, no doubt. Especially now that I've got like little ones running around, mm-hmm. man, it is, it's almost impossible. Like you think easy things like maybe chicken nuggets or whatever and chicken nuggets are laced with all, all of this stuff. And uh, the, there's so many products that me and my wife, when we first started kind of like analyzing our, our diet, we were like, Oh, well, these things are good. And then they, they turned out to be horrible, horrible mm. for you. And that's why I thought it would be a good idea to do an episode like this. Cause it, it gets disheartening, you know, cause it's not just one ingredient. It's a bunch of ingredients that are in a bunch of different things that, I mean, it's really contaminated our pantries, our cupboards and our, our plates. And it's not even a single company or a single plot. Like it'd be easy to be like, just cause I remember growing up in the nineties, it was boycott this company, boycott this thing, but it's just, it's, it's so expansive and we're going to get into a bunch of stuff like, <clears throat> excuse me, like the Nazis borrowing their science from the American playbook, the tobacco companies and the food companies adopting each other's tactics to brainwash <laughs> the American public. That escalated quick. We it did. went from fruit loops to Nazis. Right. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're looking <laughs> at ingredients and you're trying to go, okay, well, you know, what's good for me and what's not, it, it gets real dark real quick. And then, you know, even the, um, the parasite class just kind of borrowing their, their parents' playbook and enacting these, these various efforts. So he, before we even get into the specific ingredients, it had me wondering, like, where does it all come from? You know, if, you, if the tobacco company is borrowing from the food or vice versa and the Nazis are borrowing from America and, you know, if you, if you take it all the way back, what, is it, what, is it really, what does it really come from? And I think it's really Satan's playbook. And I know the term satanic gets thrown around a lot and it might be overused or at the very least it's underexplained. Like you can't just say it's satanic without an explanation. And I think a good one is that Jesus tells us to put on his mind and behave like him. You know, that's one of the highest forms of worship that, that we can do is have our reflects, our lives reflect or mimic his life. You know, as God is love, I think a true believer um, should have love as the beacon of their life, both directing and advertising the source of that love. In the worship of, of the devil or the people that worship the devil or the people that worship them, themselves, which is pretty much the same thing, you know, if we tie to Aleister Crowley, do as thou wilt, it's, it's not any different. You know, we see in our debt slave society that uses compounded interest and inflation via the Fed as a type of Babylonian money magic. Um, it's really satanic at its core because it's Satan's method of practicing or managing finances. You know, Lucifer had even become violent due to the success of his trade. And we see that very thing in our stock market and the monopoly of publicly traded companies. And even if they aren't using his name, we're, we're watching the, the almost pure worship of Lucifer by their tactics. Mm. And Jason, you had a pretty interesting breakdown on why we don't actually have the name of lucifer right i did 
Do you want to do you want to share it? <laughs> I have to remember it. No, um, uh, one of the things we were talking about with that, and, and it kind of gets back to when scripture talks about the five I wills, you know, I'll elevate myself, I'll, I'll be like the most high, all of that. I think it's interesting that every one of the judgments against Lucifer and scripture are the exact opposite of what he said he wanted to do. So in essence, I'm going to build a name for myself. It'll be just as magnanimous, just as well known, just as famous as as the most high. And if you are the most high and you have to imagine this in the, in the context of, of my mind, you've got to have Samuel Jackson sitting on the throne. That's not to say that God's black, but it's just that. <laughs> The mannerism, as soon as Satan says, you know, I'm going to be like the most high, you got to imagine God like in Samuel Jackson voice going, oh, no, you're not. Nah. And then you got to have an expletive. Right. You want your name <laughs> to be well known. They'll never speak your name again. All you're thinking Samuel Jackson in, like, in Pulp Fiction. Right. Exactly. This character. Yeah. I, exactly. I see you got to have him like Jules. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not Star Wars episode yeah, no, one. No, no, not, not that no, one. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> you got to have gotcha. Samuel Jackson from, from Pulp Fiction. Right. Okay. You know, Definitely. you want to have your name well known. Nobody will know your name. Nobody will ever speak your name. All you will get is, is referenced by titles. And it's like the exact opposite. You want to be elevated to the sides of the north. You want to have your throne on, on next to mine. We're going to throw you in the pit. We'll throw you down to earth. We'll throw you into the dust. Everything's inverted as a judgment against him. And so I think it's why even in scripture, we, we don't really have a proper name for him. We just have titles. Mm. Oh, that's good. But then with that, I think he uses that to continue the deceit. Oh, it's not actually being done in his name because nobody even knows what his name is. That's interesting. Man, what you guys are saying here ties in so well. I just talked earlier with a guy, Garrett King, that does a lot of numerology stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't like numerology, but I think that the way that like these secret societies, they they come up with these these names. I think that, you know, Lucifer was obviously named by I, I'm not sure how you guys feel about how Lucifer was named itself, but people call this entity Lucifer and numerologically speaking, Jesus and Lucifer have the same numerological values. And that is done on purpose, I think, because then it goes into that there's the light and the dark side of humanity. It's equal, separate, but equal, right? I mean, it gets into really nasty stuff, hmm. but it's it's wild to look into. And just the way that you guys are talking about that, I just find that to be a pretty interesting coincidence. I was just talking about that earlier with someone else from a different perspective, obviously. But uh, yeah, man, it is... It's it's wild how they come up with these things, and it's the same people that do this food system, man. The mm -hmm. the, the Rockefellers, um, Christopher, you you mentioned something. You know, it's hard to find good food for your kids. Look at how they target kids with the cute mascots and things, right? Mm -hmm. When I was growing yeah. up, we used to eat kid cuisine, the cute little penguin, right? And okay, that's yeah, yeah, poison. That is poisonous food. But how easy is it for parents? I don't have any kids, by the way. But how easy is it for parents to buy a, a perfect little tray? That's really crappy plastic that you just throw in the microwave. You cook your brownie, your green beans. They got vegetables, so it's got to be healthy. Your dinosaur <laughs> nuggets. And then mm -hmm. whatever else is that second side, you just throw that thing in the microwave in the plastic. And kids in the 90s were all being poisoned by that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that stuff wasn't even accidental. It was so well thought, so methodical. You know, the, the methodology on this stuff. You know, people hear this. You know, we, we shout out early in the episode. We, we've already hit trigger phrases like Christopher. And I mean, not that that's a trigger phrase. But <laughs> for some people, it is. Yeah, for some, it might be. But, you know, <laughs> things like, you know, 
juice and cereal and people are already traumatized. And then we yeah. escalated to Nazis. And then past that, we're, we're talking about Satan and God. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just wanted some information <laughs> on food. How'd you guys get to all of this? It might be easy to dismiss that and be like, all right, this is far right wing. But what gets crazy is when you really start doing research, you look behind the scenes, you look behind the curtain, you see, okay, first, who finances this stuff? Who are the major players? What do they all buy into? It doesn't take long to find out they buy into secret society stuff. They normally are part of groups that have readily acknowledged who they worship and who they serve. And then you see the fingerprints of, of manipulation, of intimidation, of domination. You see the fingerprints of enslavement, deception, and ultimately death. All on this stuff, it doesn't make it hard then to go, I think there might be a Luciferian angle here. I think it might be a little satanic. Now, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're going to go and look at your Frosted Flakes and be like, that's pure Satan. That, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that there's a system in place that's leading people pretty much without their, their knowledge and understanding into a, a funneled, orchestrated uh, agenda to implement satanic thinking and satanic methodology across a wide spectrum. And that's what I think is most dangerous. And the, the place that it's easiest to get that stuff into you is your food. Mm hmm. Because it's through the food that they they are um, they're able to assault our ability to think, our motivations, our emotions, our overall health, and even our sexuality. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Food and sexuality—I I don't know what the twist is there. Now I know <laughs> chocolate covered strawberries and a little little whipped cream. Not that this is my personal <laughs> issue. I know it's been used in some sexual situations, but how in the world did you just tie food and sexuality together? Well, I mean, has a diverse audience. I know there are people out there going, what are these people talking about? Well, for me, I think one of the first places that we see food and sexuality tied together is John Harvey Kellogg. Uh, Do you know much about him, Ryan? A little bit. I know he uh, essentially is, is a cult leader, uh, the way that he was running his, his business. That's the way that I would see it, right? Yeah, the, um, the, the Battle yeah. Creek Sanitarium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a great movie done on, uh, and it's a Hollywood movie, so it's probably not 100% accurate. But, uh -huh. you know, the whole idea of eating, uh, you know, a bunch of grains because it uh, essentially kind of suppresses some of your more animalistic tendencies and things going to make you a better person if you just eat a bunch of grain. Um, <laughs> and this is how I mean, dude, this is how they poison. Like, you know, I think it's fragois, the the poisoned duck liver, essentially. It's basically a, a liver of a duck that is fed nothing but grain and sugar and it dies of liver disease. And it's a delicacy to eat this liver. And I mean, really? that's what. Yeah, Fragois, I think, is what it's called. Um, and this is this is basically what the uh you know Kellogg diet is. It's grains and sugar. So if you're if you're starting a kid out early in life, feeding them grains and sugar, those habits are formed, and then they crave grains and sugar for their whole life, and that's going to kill your liver quicker than alcohol will. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is that instead of doing grains of sugar, we should start kids off on a moderated diet of alcohol consumption. Hey, in Mexico, they give them tequila when their teeth hurt. You know what I mean? We got uh, Robitussin. Of, what's that? We got Robitussin when, when our stuff and, hurt. And that's the thing, man. Even our medication, like this stuff goes into our medication as well. It's the same families. The Rockefeller Foundation is something I'm going to mention a lot throughout the, the time that we talk about this. Mm -hmm. They, the Rock, John Rockefeller made a bunch of money off oil, turned the, the old school medications into oil-based 
medications. So they're not only going to, you know, take away that old stuff that was actually healing. It's going to make people sick and you're going to have to get a pill to counteract the, the side effects of this pill. And that pill will counteract these things, all this different stuff. And it's also in the food. It's the same family that did the food. Yeah. And did the medication. So yeah, Robitussin, I know, you know, you're, you're kind of saying that tongue in cheek there, but it's a hundred percent legit, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. natural stuff is always better. Right. Well, and do you, do you know how Rockefeller transformed the, the medical industry? Ooh, I do. What is it? <laughs> Let's hear it. School immediately. <laughs> I know the answer. Well, I know he, he took over the, uh, the AMA. Right. Like he, he bought it in 1901. Right. Uh-huh. But he also instituted, if I remember, a series of studies. The, Carnegie. Carnegie did it. Carnegie funded the, the Fresner. I think it's the Fresner report. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Got you. And the Fresner report, it went in and because um, most of the, the medical doctors were using natural medicines and stuff in the early 1900s. So the Fresner report comes in and says, well, if you want to be certified by the AMA, you know, as a practicing physician, then your facilities have to be up to this particular code and you have to have all of these medications and this is how you have to run your business. And because they jumped on that and instituted it, most of your small town doctors, you know, that are actually helping the community could not afford all of this extra stuff that the Fresno report insisted that they had. So I think 80% of all the natural natural paths or whatever you call it went out of business. And then the rest of them converted to this petroleum based medicine because that's what they had to do based on this study by Carnegie following something or purchasing it. Something we know is that nearly all of disease is attributed to food, right? Like the food that we've taken, whether, you know, it's obviously sad to talk about if a child's born sick, a lot of that can have to do with like the mother and the father's diets. Right. And like generations leading up to that diets uh-huh. are, are really, you know, they go hand in hand with what kind of medication someone's going to be on. And what a coincidence that the same family, the same guy is kind of like the, the head of both of those things, just similar to how the rock, the Rothschilds were so obsessed with finance. Right. And, and the money system, the monetary system, these, the, the, the Rockefeller family seem to be, obsessed with pop culture and trying to guide things through food through medication and another thing you know jason was talking about how a lot of these people have the same satanic principles and same like ideas that they follow this really really dark agenda they all support eugenics and a new term that i learned which is euthenics which euthenics is you know eugenics is is trying to improve in their words i i think it's the opposite of that but improve future generations euthenics is improving the current generation and the base the biggest way that we can be improved in their eyes is to be dead i think or mm-hmm. sick so euthenics is something that that people can look into too that is i think um very very, very little talked about right i've not even heard of that before that's interesting and it's also a transhumanist term yeah okay it's also interesting that you brought up eugenics because john harvey kellogg was a huge proponent of eugenics go figure so he even founded the um the race betterment foundation oh this sounds like something i'm gonna like i actually found this photo from 1914 and it says that it's got hundreds of the nation's leading physicians philanthropists academics politicians and reformers they all met at the battle creek sanitarium which is what john harvey kellogg established and they were there for the race betterment like 
gathering. Mm. It's crazy. I, I, I'm looking at the picture here. I'm not seeing a lot of colored people. <laughs> <laughs> no, and John Harvey uh, Kellogg's signature outfit was an all-white suit. Mm. Not saying anything. It does, that's just <laughs> his fashion taste. It has nothing to do with his political leanings or his eugenics <laughs> preferences. He's like Colonel Sanders almost a little bit. Right. Kind of like just an evil version of Colonel Sanders. Right. Well. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy because a lot of people think that the Nazis got like they were the um, the forerunners of eugenics, but they literally copied their entire platform. Like how? Oh, you cut uh, out. You're silent. Yeah, where your audio went? Can you hear oh, me? Yeah, there you are. Hey. What happened? I don't know. I think Zoom changed the settings on its own. All right. But yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen again. All right, you yeah, got to start no, no. over, man. The audience is not at the edge of her, at the edge of the bowls. <laughs> that sounded like a threat, Jason. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> I know where he's at. I, I'm not worried. Come and get me. Come yeah, and get me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> me and my Cocoa Puffs will be there. <laughs> but the Nazis are often vilified for being the ones that, that actually enacted eugenics. But it was mainstream science in america from what i understand it actually happened right out there in california mm. okay well we can't forget too you know all of our elites you know what i think you guys rightly call the parasite class they were real close with the nazis you know the bushes you know all, all these people they were friends the same guy that we're talking about rockefeller made the oil and the gas for both the allies and the axis powers so yeah. they're all friends mm -hmm. man american companies did did the the zyklon b gas not mm -hmm. to mention it, you know, Ford. I think we talked about this in one of our prior episodes. How Ford Motor was responsible for even doing a lot of the um, the the trucks that bought the supplies to the Nazis and to our guys. And Ford even took the the United States government to court and sued them for 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 the the government actually blowing up infrastructure that belonged to Ford that was over in Germany. Yep, that was being used for the war effort against the United States. Yeah, dude. There's another thing too, you know. Klaus Schwab, his dad was a legitimate Nazi who he was a high up, uh, you know, official in some company. I forget what it is, but the Zyklon B. I think you're thinking IG Farben, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But yeah, Klaus Schwab's father was a literal Nazi. The company made turbines and flamethrowers for the Nazis. Jeez. Oh. I'll find <laughs> the name of the company too. Um, but yeah, continue with what you're saying. I just think that that's such an important piece. For everyone to know that, like, when you think of, you know, no, this was the old ways of the government. They don't do this anymore. They care about us now. No, they don't. And just no. because Klaus Schwab isn't an American that is doing all this stuff, he is literally kind of like one of these evil henchmen running in the world, man. You know, he's a he's a wild figure. It doesn't help that he has a heavy German accent either. It really doesn't. Because it's, <laughs> it's like purely out of the movies. Uh -huh. I mean, if I had to he's have, a Bond like, villain. Right. He's from central casting. If I need a dude, you shall love your slavery. You <laughs> well, shall dude, have he... nothing and enjoy your rentership. You're like, what? Nah, bro, you got to go. He's a protege of Henry Kissinger. They met at Harvard. I mean, you know, Henry Kissinger is a wild guy that everyone should know some things about. I wanted to do this thing a while back of like, uh, you know, kind of run it like uh, like a fight series. Mm -hmm. But it was like people making the case of the most evil person throughout history. And I actually think it's Henry Kissinger personally. Everyone's going to say Hitler or Mussolini or Stalin or whoever. But I think it's Henry Kissinger, man. He's 
And he's been alive since these people were alive, too. You know See, what I mean? Kissinger was employed under Rockefeller. Yeah. So one of the things Rockefeller did when uh, he had his kids go to, um, uh, shoot, who's the guy? Uh, progressive Education, John Dewey. When John Dewey had a, had his educational school, Rockefeller sent his kids to, to Dewey. And one of the things that Dewey's form of education produced was, was um, illiteracy. Like they would become dyslexic. So they couldn't read speeches. They couldn't give speeches well. So what Rockefeller did is he hired assistants to do the work for them that had not been educated under the same protocols. One of those assistants was Kissinger. He mm-hmm. worked with, I think his son, David. I think it was David. But he kind of became his right-hand man. And through those ties, Rockefeller and Kissinger, you know, formed political links and and, and was able, to, Kissinger was able to go through different um spheres of or levels of, of the political system because he was back with reagan oh, and doing a lot of yeah, he kennedy. Was before that too he worked with the Ken- been, in the kennedy administration exactly he's been working his way through all of these various administrations and still is a pretty significant player i think he's part of the cfr i mean mm-hmm. i wouldn't put him as the the most evil person but what i think it does show is the the reach of the financial elites and what they do to level the playing field in their favor. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you might end up thinking that he is one of the most evil people. If you look into him a little <laughs> more, man, he is, it is insane. And his father for the record, it is uh, Eugene Wilhelm. And he was uh, an executive at Escher Weiss and she was the name of the company that made the turbines and flamethrowers. So we have a literal descendant of an actual Nazi that's telling us that we need to eat bugs and how we need to live. And that's part of that food system, right? I know that you guys wanted to talk about like the cricket and the bug eating and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's literally a thing out there where they're trying to tell us that we need to end up eating our own feces because it's going to help with global warming and all this stuff. This It sounds like I'm being gross and being immature, <laughs> but it's a legit thing. This is actually something that they're trying to push through. I believe it. They're crazy. Yeah, it's insane. These are alternative and, lifestyles, okay? Who are you to call this crazy? I mean, if just, he does it all alternatives. good. If he eats his own fecal matter, I will do it. But he's not. He's going to be eating nice steaks, and these aren't going to be the you know, uh, DNA, you know, GMO steaks. These are nice grass-fed organic steaks that he's going to be eating, and I'm going to have to eat crickets. Mm-hmm. Ah, right. And That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yep, yep. And they're, produ- they're, they're not to just... <laughs> I kind of feel like we might be just dumping nothing but negatives on the audience <laughs> who's Maybe. like, wait, wait a minute. I just want to hear about the food war. Now we got crickets and people are eating their own crap, <laughs> you know, but uh, unfortunately, this is really the aim and the direction that this stuff is being pushed towards. And if you don't think, hey, you know, they want you to eat their own crap, just just ask yourself this. Does food taste the same now as it did? back in your childhood and you're like absolutely mm. not it doesn't taste yeah. the same there are all these little th- i could tell where they change milk i could tell when the big mac change i could tell when when mm. different things and fast food change i'm like this stuff does not taste the same the formula has been doctored the fast food thing that you're talking about is is absolutely true and those are scientists that make that they're not chefs they're scientists that make these foods exactly mm-hmm. the most of the stuff that we eat now is really the byproduct of food science it's really chemical science that we're eating and chemical and reactions being, and things yeah yeah and it's being put forth as actual nutritious healthy food and really it's just synthetic it's yeah. not good for us well dude remember when everyone was saying thinking that subway was healthy 
mm. you know, with, with and their their person Jared that they were using. I'm gonna need you to stay away mm-hmm. from Subway because because I have to eat that out on the road. Well, <laughs> you no, have I, to eat it. I have to. You know, it's a steady American staple. <laughs> it's a donut sandwich. There's literally the bread that they have has too much sugar content in it to actually be qualified as bread. It's a donut. It's a pastry sandwich. That's really? wild. Yeah. It doesn't too much sugar in there. Their tuna is not tuna. They don't know what that is. People have tested it and they're like, what is this? It's not tuna. So don't get that tuna sandwich. Okay. But yeah, man. There's there's too much sugar in the bread for it to be like legally qualified as bread. Really? Yeah. Facts. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> hey, you can have a donut sandwich, McGriddle. Basically, it's a you big. You can't have that every day. You cannot have it every day, right? Yeah. When you think Subway's halfway, you know, healthy. You're like, I mean, the bread doesn't taste sweet. No, it's because of all the salt bread, right? Yeah, they do the same That's thing with soda, but it's crazy because because it is it's all science, and I mean, eugenics was science. You know, sterilizing the defectives was science. And even, uh, I mean, going back, John Harvey Kellogg and his Battle Creek Sanitarium, which was like a spa for elites. I mean, it was all based off of the the current science. And when um, when the uh, the bland wheat cornflakes didn't work, the other thing that he was doing for his anti-masturbation agenda was sutures for young men and uh, powdered acid on the genitals of females because it was that bad if you touched yourself. Like, and, and this was the science. This is where all the, the the parasite class was dumping all of their money in Battle Creek, Michigan. Mm. There's another part of that too, where the the officials and like the gurus at these spas would have sex with the men's wives, so that the the women wouldn't want to have sex as much. Like that that's portrayed in that movie of Kellogg, where like you know we're allowed to have sex with your wives, but you guys got to try to figure out how to not want to have sex. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cult man and that's why i call it a cult right are you okay jason you look <laughs> you look frozen i'm still buffering from 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 the donut bread at subway <laughs> and then you jump to sutures and then somebody yeah. was having sex with somebody's wife like this is a lot to process in a 30 second window yeah but i I'm think like, I, i'm gonna need counseling after this episode <laughs> and i mean is as terrible as hitler was and i'm not saying that he wasn't horrible but one of the benefits that our culture experienced is a a kind of a reset of the science because everybody up until hitler was going this is what we're about we're all about this and then hitler goes out and just takes it to the nth degree and all of a sudden everybody's like well wait a minute that's not exactly what we meant and they had to design a whole new new science really i I mean i personally think that's where Ian Robert Maxwell comes in with the Pergamon Press, but that that's another episode altogether. I was going to say, I think though it's a, it's important to realize from a historical perspective what that was. You know, when we ban when we ban around the idea of, or the term science to mm-hmm. a 21st century ear, that means one thing. Like we've been conditioned to think lab coats and trusted people. They've gone to school, advanced degrees, all of that, right? But essentially, when we're saying science, what we're really talking about are occult sciences. Yes. That's what this stuff really was. It was occult sciences being enacted on the the population. And the population got a chance to see what happens if occultism was allowed to run unchecked. Mm. Like, these are the places it's going to take you. 
These mm-hmm. disciplines are the result of occult sciences. And you can trace this back, even though we're talking about the Nazis. The Nazis were part of a Thule society. That's what helped to produce the Nazi political party. And the Thule society is a secret society that does have worship and ties to, to Lucifer. So it runs straight through. You have a satanic plumb line from the secret society that that birthed the political movement, that birthed the... Um, the popular movements throughout that culture and had an impact on the geopolitical maneuverings of the day. It mm-hmm. ties yeah. back and you can do it even on this side with, you know, you're talking about Kellogg and some of the power players there. And you, you've got Rockefeller, you've got Carnegie and we know that they're, I don't know exactly what secret society they were part of. I am quite sure they were, but I have yet to Masons. uncover Masons were they both Masons? Sure. And they had to have been. All these guys are. Like, uh, essentially every I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Every... I just haven't come across anything yet. Yeah. There's probably some some more esoteric ones or some more kind of hidden ones. But, yeah, essentially all these guys are either Masons or Jesuits, sometimes both. Right. Uh, I would consider the Jesuits to be a secret society. And I want to take a step back real quick because, Christopher, you did such a good job with that. But when you said, usually when people, when people say and they start the sentence with, people think Hitler was bad. Mm-hmm. But it's usually <laughs> it's really hard to recover bad. from that. Yeah, but yeah, you did a yeah. good job. I was like, "Oh boy, we're getting in here right now." But uh, no, that was uh, that was really well said. And and yeah, dude, uh, to your point, Jason, I, I think that all these guys are part of something, and they all all these secret societies seem to have some kind of Luciferian or satanic agenda, and it gives the church the Catholic church, a bad name because they were the ones suppressing that. Now I'm not Catholic. I think that the Catholic church, and this is just my opinion. I think it's pretty dark what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but these, these two societies are clashing against each other, essentially the Jesuits and the, the Masons. Right. So it's tough to know exactly what's going on there. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. It, it's hard to uncover this because a lot of this stuff is intentionally, uh, obfuscated it's intentionally covered up and when it's not being covered up it's being sold to the masses through through this uh occult like propaganda where you don't realize what you're being sold like Mm. i just recently watched a thing on milk yes and i had me watch that was did you watch it i watched it on the flight yeah what'd you think it was it was as frustrating and disturbing as you had said. <laughs> right? Blew me away. It irritated me at the same time because I was drinking milk while I was watching the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, this is the worst. But part of the stuff it talks about, uh, and it's kind of funny when you do some of this research, you find people that have gone deeper than you have, and they come from the same basic age range. So they experience some of the similar things that I remember experiencing. So he he talked about how the milk industry, the dairy industry, got subsidized by the the uh, U.S. government in order mm-hmm. to produce more milk than what we need. And how once we were producing so much, we got to keep selling it. We got to find new ways to get people into it. So we got to make it an essential liquid like this is white gold. Everybody <laughs> needs this. Yeah. So we got to get to the advertisers that have to use word magic to bamboozle us into thinking that this is essential. And they started going through like the different milk campaigns, like got milk. I was like, I remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they started showing the clips. And I was like, I, re- I remember that commercial. <laughs> like, I remember the whole milk bill, strong, strong bones and tea. Right to this day, it's still in my head. Like, you got to have milk for that. 
mm-hmm. or the fact that it became a part of the food pyramid and how even big corporations influenced the science that gave us the food pyramid. And I remember being pitched the food pyramid in school. Yeah. Like I remember when they came out with that, I was in school, I was in elementary and I was the group that got indoctrinated with that. Okay. Which is so you, wild. Do you, since you've been, <laughs> since you've been indoctrinated, do you, do you follow the food pyramid? <laughs> My doctor would say not nearly close enough, <laughs> but no, okay. I'm never thinking about it when I actually go to the, to the store. But if I was asked a question about nutrition, that's going to be where I revert to my default. Okay. Okay. That makes And then sense. I'd have to think past it and be like, well, that's not all true. Right. right. Again, think about the grains. What's the thing that you're supo- supposed to get the most of according to that food pyramid? A bunch of grains. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And the grains... Yeah. Our flour here, man, is not allowed in a lot of other countries. That's like not if real you try flour. To bring, it's not real flour, and especially like the bleaching and all this stuff. Right. If you, you tried to bring it, if you tried to like essentially bring it into another country, you would you would not be allowed to bring it in. I don't know if you'd get arrested or anything. Probably depends on the country, but you're not allowed to bring in American flour. Crazy. I'm sure American cheese will be next. <laughs> it should be. It's terrible. Right. American that hurt cheese my feelings itself, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this whole studying for this, I was so mad at you, Christopher. Yeah, I'm sorry. So mad. <laughs> I was like, I would resort to eating something just so I could feel better, but I can't. But there's no, nothing you, you can eat. No. <laughs> Even the vegetables, man. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff. Um, touching back on secret societies, Percy Rockefeller was in Skull and Bones. Okay. So that, that's one connection to secret societies, for sure. He was a registered Skull and Bones person. Wild. Bones How man. far does Percy fall from, from um, why well, I can't think of his, his first name right now, the main Rockefeller, John, John D. John? I have no idea. Okay. I know he's a But we just son, wanted connections to secret societies, and there's definitely a, a well-known rock. well, maybe lesser-known Rockefeller that was in Skull and Bones. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. when we're talking about some of this word magic, though, I think Edward Bernays is the name that has to come up when, sure. it, when it comes to all of this. Because we're talking about we were talking about cereal and milk and all of this, which means breakfast. And uh-huh. again, I've been told breakfast is like super important, right? Yeah, it's most the most important. important meal of the day. Exactly. <laughs> Where did that come from, bro? Well, that's that's because um, the meat industry wanted to sell more pork belly and nobody was buying it because it was garbage meat. So Edward Bernays, who was the the great nephew, I think, of Sigmund Freud, he um, his first book that he wrote was called Propaganda. The second one that he wrote was called Public Relations because it mm-hmm. was part of that whole Nazi thing. The Nazis came in and we had to change the face of all of our quote unquote sciences because everyone was like, this is actually evil. And uh, so he was the first real public relations individual marketing director. And uh, he convinced everyone that you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And to have a complete balanced breakfast, you needed meat, specifically pork belly and bacon. Because before Edward Bernays, nobody wanted to eat bacon. By the way, he was the nephew of Sigmund Freud. Oh, just regular nephew? Not yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he did, he did that with uh, bacon. And then the whole term Banana Republic, that was because Chiquita Banana hired Edward Bernays because nobody in America wanted to eat bananas. And it was this, he sold this whole idea that, um, one, they're healthy for you, which they're not really. 
And the, the other idea is that you get to go on this kind of tropical adventure every time you eat a banana. And it got so bad that um, the Chiquita, but what are you laughing at? <laughs> My mind went hard left quick. I was like, I, I wonder how many different ways that could be employed. <laughs> you can go on a tropical adventure, sweetheart, as soon as you eat the banana. It's scientific <laughs> research. We have science to back this up. This is a hands-on experiment. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Continue, Christopher. No, it's fine. But Chiquita Banana ended up owning so much land in Guatemala that they kind of ran the government. Until, of course, they had a democratically appointed leader. And, uh, of course, Chiquita Banana didn't want to have to deal with that because he was actually a man for the people and he wanted to charge higher taxes and things for the banana company. So Edward Bernays convinced everyone that they, that communist had settled in Guatemala and actually triggered the event that the CIA trained a guerrilla army to go and overthrow the Guatemalan government, which sent them into like a 40 year civil war Wow! for bananas. Mm. That's bananas. convinced, convinced everyone to buy lucky strike cigarettes because Lucky Strike was like, we actually want to sell to women. So Edward Bernays was like, sweet, this is easy. So he picked a bunch of regular looking women and put them outside in the Macy's Day Parade and they were all smoking Lucky Strike cigarettes. And he connected women's rights to their the freedom that they should have to smoke. So anyone that was against women smoking was against women rights, women's rights, and you were a bigot. So that's how he pushed cigarettes on women. Mm. They also did like Ivory Soap and Betty Crocker. And I mean, so many of the, the staples of things that we have in the world today were put in place by propaganda intentionally. That's see, wild, that, man. That's a hard pill to swallow, no pun intended. You know, it, <laughs> it, it really is. Uh, um, it's really a just a mind. I can't use that word. It really messes with your brain <laughs> to yeah. uh, realize so much of the stuff that we would look around today and consider a staple of mm -hmm. culture in our life was not always around. Right. It wasn't like when they founded the country, poof, you got the IRS or poof, you had you had breakfast, you know, with bacon and eggs and all of this. <laughs> like this was going from day one. The founding fathers, as soon as they signed the declaration, they had bacon and eggs right after right. that. You're like, no, the stuff that we have today that are staples were 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 strategically and purposefully put into our lives that way. And normally mm -hmm. by major industries. Mm. <clears throat> Man, with the with the propaganda as far as breakfast goes, mm -hmm. it goes two ways, right? Because now we're told that eggs are are unhealthy for your heart, right? It, Cholesterol, yep. all this stuff. Yeah. Eggs are essentially the perfect food. Like if you were to eat like with the yolk and everything, mm -hmm. eat a freaking egg. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong. People do the egg whites and there's no reason to, to separate the yolks from the whites. Eat all of it. My dad lost a lot of weight, a ton of weight by, you know, basically doing the opposite of the food pyramid. You know, you're having zero grains, lots of fats, you know, lots of, you can have all this stuff and then you can even take in sodium. He had high blood pressure. He had all this stuff taking more sodium. The reason that the sodium sticking to your arteries is because of the carbs. Like that's, that's, it's wild. If you want to lose weight, all that you got to do, and I can't do this, because you know, I'm, I love my carbs, but <laughs> all you got to do is cut out carbs. Literally. I mean, it was insane. The guy used to weigh 280 is down to 200. He's smaller than I am now. 
So it's Jeez. insane what it takes. And it, it wasn't a year that it took. It took about six months for him to lose that weight. Went from having high blood pressure to at times like his blood pressure was too low. So now he's got to get like, you know, stabilizing medication for his, his blood pressure. He was diabetic. He's not diabetic anymore. I mean, it's insane what it does. Mm -hmm. Just if you literally take what they do and flip it on its on its head. And that's probably what you should be doing, which I think should be criminal. The fact that we teach our kids this pseudoscience crap from mm -hmm. the Yeah, Because what is it like 600,000 600, people a year die from diet related heart issues? I, yeah, I don't doubt it, man. It's the number one thing, especially with it. And, and if you look at other countries like France, that's what I was going to say. Many, yeah. How many grains do they eat there, dude? Like every day, it, it's essentially a pastry breakfast that they have these croissants and all this stuff, but they mm -hmm. don't look at food the same way we do. You know, there's not cute mascots or, and, and fun. Like you're not going to be cool for eating these certain things. Right. And they just look at it as nourishment. It's a treat. It's something that you eat this fatty, you know, and the flour is probably much higher quality than what we use here. But you eat this fatty thing and you burn it off throughout the rest of the day. And then you have your dinner of like caviar or whatever they eat in France. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's yeah. nuts that, it, you know, you see this in newer times, too, with this. I don't know if you guys have paid attention to the prime energy drink stuff that's been going on. Hmm, How Amazon Congress. Prime? Huh? Is this Amazon? We no, no, Prime. prime uh, the Logan Paul energy drink. Oh, no, I haven't heard of this. So it's uh, that's wild that you haven't heard of it because it's a super popular thing. Uh, that's why I like, like talking with you, Ryan. It's always, <laughs> you know, Christopher and I were in this little this little uh, bubble of all this information where we're always like, did you know, new, no, we figure we cover quite a bit. And then we talk with you and we're like, dude, we didn't know <laughs> well, nothing. I appreciate it, man. Have you heard of Prime Energy, Christopher? I've not heard of it, no. So check it out when you're done. Like the government is looking into, and this is like the one thing that I've ever agreed with. I, I agreed rather with, uh, I think it was Chuck Schumer that brought this up, that there is something in these drinks that is making it addictive to kids. Like kids are just addicted to this prime energy drink. And it's so much to the point where the government's looking into it. Now, I think that the government's looking into it because there's companies like Gatorade that are heavily invested in by places like BlackRock that are trying mm -hmm. to replicate Prime's formula and they can't do it now it has a ton of caffeine it's essentially like drinking two big cans of red bull in one normal can of prime energy bro i said that it has high levels of th synthetic caffeine sure yeah yeah it's not it, you know it's not the good stuff because it's relatively cheap wow. um but there's something in it that makes it addictive for especially kids and the government's looking into this right now and i think it's interesting man all right, yeah, now, that's now crazy. we got We got to we got to jump over into this. Here, here's something because Ryan, you just opened up the floodgates here. Talk <laughs> about the fact that the government's looking into this energy drink because it's addictive. I find yes. it so interesting that food companies specifically engineer our food to get us addicted to it. Mm -hmm. That they're allowed to put sugar in everything that it that it's in, with the understanding right. that sugar is what is it ten times more addictive than heroin. Something what like is? that. Sugar. Oh, it's, I don't doubt it, man. It's way more addictive than heroin is. Heroin is a, is a substance that's illegal. You can't really get it legally unless you're going through pharmaceuticals or doing synthetic opiates. Or you got, or you know a guy, which I don't know. <laughs> but sugar, you can get anywhere. Mm -hmm. How is that? Okay, and the government subsidizes sugar. Like, what? Mm -hmm. what are we really doing to our people? We're making addicts so we can extract profits 
not just from food, but then go figure from the drug administration. And of course, our country is so wise in how it's set up. We decided the best way to combat that is to put both food and drug monitoring under the same umbrella, which no other country does. Doesn't seem like there could be a possible conflict of interest or collusion <laughs> going on. Oh, there absolutely is. And beyond oh, being a, well, beyond being addicted or addictive, high fructose corn syrup is just as toxic to your body as alcohol. Listen, I would prefer you stay away from certain things during this episode. <laughs> no, it's just that the the way that it's broken down, you don't get drunk off of it. Sure. But if if you, you imagine if you had alcohol like with every meal. Mm-hmm. what that would do to your body. That's what high fructose corn syrup is doing. And high fructose corn syrup is in everything. We had just like regular crackers, right? Like white salted crackers. And I checked the label on them and there's high fructose corn syrup and a, and a bland garbage tasting cracker. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it's in everything. So it's just slowly poisoning us. But your corn you growth at- is also subsidized. Oh, sure. For right? sure, dude. Right. If we didn't have as much corn, if we, well, put it this way, if we really lived in a free market capitalistic society where the government didn't have its hands in subsidizing everything, then we could have the markets actually correct some of this stuff. But because uh-huh. the government subsidizes so much, it gives the incentive of let me get max pro- max yield out of my my land and my farm. Let me grow as much as I can because the government's going to pay me and I'm going to make as much as I can from it. And it's up to the government to figure out what they want to do with the with the product. I don't care. I'm just getting paid. Well, and you're bringing up something else where the government is now supposedly paying farmers not to grow food. They're paying them more to not grow food than to grow food. Specific types of food. Yeah. Because there's other stuff or they, just- they are paying them to grow. There, well, I, I actually heard that like places that, ha- that are raising beef and whatnot, it's it's actually more profitable for them to kill the cows and just slaughter them, not send them to the uh, processing plants or whatever, than to actually go through with all that stuff. And I don't know if that has something to do with how Bill Gates wants to own all this farmland or what it is, but there's something to that. There's some reason. And, and I think, you know, Ukraine has to do with this, too. Right. Because th- that's like the breadbasket of the world, they call it. Um, all kinds of grains are grown there. Why, you know, that that's adding to the shortage of this stuff. And if you, uh, same way, how, how Christopher, how you're looking at, uh, you know, high fructose corn syrup being and everything, look at carbs and things that you would not think, like look at the, on, on the, you know, nutrition facts. Uh-huh. It's like they have a jar of carbs and they just throw that in there. Like just straight carbs. There's no reason. <laughs> There's so many carbs in cranberry juice. Like, why? 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 Why are there a ton of carbs in cranberry juice? There's a ton of carbs in these new, uh, like the twisted teas, the twisted iced teas, the hard iced tea. You know, uh-huh. it's like 38 grams of carbs in one can, and it's like these are these are new popular things. There's a ton of carbs in these prime energy drink things, and I was just looking up while you guys were talking. It's banned in Canada and it's banned in the UK. Why are we allowed to drink that stuff here if it's banned in two other Western countries? Twisted tea is. No, no, no. Prime. The prime energy drink. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Twisted but tea yeah, is twisted. a sealed weapon in, in, in certain, certain states. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, but the thing is, like, this is, this is you know, stuff that we're consuming, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's just, it's wild to me, man, that, that we do really look at this stuff in a really interesting way. And it, I know, I, oh, go ahead. 
no, no, you, you, go ahead. I was just going to say the other, the last thing was that like, I know New Zealand is the only other country that allows uh, sales uh, or advertisements of medication the way that we do it here. Other countries don't allow that. So I wonder if their food policy is similar to ours too, where like the drugs and the food are kind of in the same, same boat. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't looked at that, but to what you were saying just a moment ago, you know, with, with the, the, the obfuscation of, of the ingredients and the, the contents of our food, why it's structured the way that it is, it all goes back to the tobacco industry. Mm. In fact, I've got a clip here that I want to play that helps to highlight this. Okay. Big Tobacco took the billions of profits they made from generations of addicted smokers and invested in something more family-friendly. Something that could have a big effect on our future. Something that we consume every day. The food we eat. In 1985, tobacco giant R.J. Reynolds bought Nabisco Foods. Tobacco pioneer Philip Morris bought General Foods and three years later, Kraft Foods, making them the largest food producer in North America. And leaving the business of food in the capable hands of the same corporations who helped addict us to tobacco. Using the same tactics they used to promote tobacco, food companies set about peddling the entire planet a diet of processed goods loaded with chemicals and additives masquerading as food. This new machine operates with specific targets in mind, like addicting consumers without them knowing it. Nowadays, Practically everything's in a package. You don't know what's in that package except what the label is. You have to be able to trust the label. The food companies have taken advantage of that. And the fact is, is that the food is loaded with chemicals and artificial ingredients and things like sugar. And I looked at your Chobani yogurt and there's no sugar there listed. But there's evaporated cane juice. I don't know what that is, but juice, that's natural. I don't know and all it is is sugar they make up names and it's illegal to do that in that while and we know yeah. it's true because they got morgan freeman to tell us yeah, <laughs> you can't, every you can't time, question it every time morgan freeman's talking i believe him right right <laughs> well no it's, it's crazy that he brought up Phil, philip morris because that's something i came across when i was looking at it they bought general foods Kraft, nabisco miller brewing oscar meyer jello post zero cereal and Maxwell House. Yeah, you guys have seen this thing, right? I mean, yes. This is a huge chart of it's essentially what eight food companies that that just own everything. Um, uh -huh. And it's not all just food. There's some, you know, Procter and Gamble products and stuff that are included. But so if you remove them, it is what one, two, three, four, five, six uh, companies that really own everything: PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, Kraft, Kellogg's, Mars, Nestle. Nestle. Yeah. Right. Um, what is this one over here? Unilever? I've never heard of it. Unilever. It's like sweets, it looks like. But yeah, okay. Klondike bars, which I have some in, I have some Klondike bars in my freezer. <laughs> so, you know, it's a problem, man. And all that you have to do, instead of going to each one of these companies and say, hey, put this, put these ingredients in your food, you just gotta go to Kellogg's and Nestle and Kraft, those six. Like you wouldn't think when you hear PepsiCo that they own Quaker. 
You you wouldn't right. think that PepsiCo owns Cheerios or Chex Mix or Yo Play, you know, or you, you most Taco people Bell, might not Pepsi even know Hut. that that Pepsi owns a lot of the the chip manufacturing, like Frito Lay. Yeah, which is going to be Sun Chips, you know, your your rolled gold, Tostitos, Cheetos, all that type of stuff. Ruffles. This is all owned by a soft drink manufacturer. Right. They even own Captain Crunch for crying out loud. That was one of my mainstays. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it was nuts when I, I was looking around for some like, um, you know, satanic food logos and stuff. Gatorade pops up and they say that 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 G is the Freemason G. You know how the G is in the center of the. uh the compass mm-hmm. and square. Interesting. So, there's a lot of different, when you look at all these different ones, um, there's a lot of logos that, that kind of hints like seven up uh, that logo, the seven up refers to the chakras. So it's, you know, Eastern religion stuff. You got seven chakras moving up seven up. Um, you got all those different kinds of things. And this one blew my mind when I first, cause I used to work for Pepsi KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut's all young brands. You know, so they own those restaurants. Anytime you see a Taco Bell, that's Pepsi, KFC, mm-hmm. Pepsi, all that stuff. So it's nuts, man. And they they hide their symbolism in this stuff too. Have you, know, you I, have you have you seen the original logo for Procter and Gamble? The moon with the thirteen stars. Yeah, yeah. And then they even the reason they changed their logo is because like in his beard it looked like three backwards sixes. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, no, man. we're not a cult. Never mind the the moon god and, and the 13 stars. So they still have like the 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 circle with the hat, the crescent moon in it, but they just put P and G in there. Yeah. Procter and Gamble always makes me laugh. I went to school with a guy uh who's kind of I guess you might consider him a little bit nerdy. And I befriended him. We were talking to like the student lounge or whatever. I would <laughs> mess with him for every once in a while, um, as my personality is. And I got to talk with him and found out that he actually, I was like, what are you going here for school for? And he was like, I'm just going. I'm like, what for? Like, how much does it cost you just to go? And he was like, nothing. My family pays for it. It's like, your family pays for you just to roll here, just to do whatever? He's like, yeah. I was like, you got money? I mean, you don't have to take out a loan? What type of money you got? And he was like, well, my granddad used to be friends with the people who founded Procter & Gamble. <laughs> I said, wait, what? That'll do I guess it. he used to like was kind of like a, he was their friend, but also used to clean up back in their facility. Okay, and so they paid him in stock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Granddad cleaned up quite nice. Yeah, sure. no doubt, no and doubt. So yeah, the family had <laughs> lots of money. So every time I see Procter and Gamble, I'm like, yeah, it's that dude from from old college days. <laughs> yeah, man. And and all those things are cults, dude. All especially with Procter and Gamble, it's you know pharmacia, that pharmacy stuff, where it's it's kind of like black magic, man. You know, trying to mix different chemicals to have a have an effect on the body, like that seems like kind of dark magic to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Again, I can they, hear the person that's like, no, I know people that work at Procter and Gamble. They're not really doing this type of stuff. Right. This this is like far fetched, and I, I I would be tempted to side with that person. But one of the things that got me really looking at this stuff a lot deeper was looking at seed oils mm. that were really that are really popular in our food. Mm-hmm. Right? And I found out that seed oils were the the industrial waste that resulted from petroleum production. And getting back to to uh, Rockefeller, him wanting to be very controlling of his business, realized we got some product over here that we need to find a use for. And so he started pushing seed oils to be used as ingredients in food. 
and they became our 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 grapeseed oil, our flaxseed oil, sunflower oil, poppy seed, soybean, um, safflower oil, the vegetable oils, the stuff we're told are healthy. Rapeseed oil. You're like, this stuff is not healthy. There is a, there's a real seed called rapeseed. Dude, that's I'm laughing because I was going to bring that up. I was like, you know what uh, is in canola oil and it's rapeseed oil. And you're like, oh, yeah, I get why they call it canola oil now, not rapeseed. Not right. grape. <laughs> rape, rape. Rapeseed probably wouldn't sell as bad as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Hey, that chicken is tasting fly. What is oh, that's rapeseed, baby? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait till you see what we got for dessert. <laughs> do do yeah. you know how that whole transition happened, though, with the with the oils? No, I thought no. I was doing good just knowing that. No, that was that was there's excellent. more. Well, yeah, because we talked about how because of the Nazis they tainted all the the science of the the 40, 30s and forties. So in the early fifties, America is just grasping for new quote unquote science, and then you have Ansel Keys, and he did the Seven Nation study. Okay. And his from the Seven Nation study, he presented the diet health hypothesis, which is that high fat content in your food led to heart disease. Okay. And the only problem with that is there was actually 22 countries that had um, data and he cherry picked seven of them Mm. to, to make it look like the more fat you have in your diet, the higher chance it is that you develop heart disease. That doesn't seem scientifically honest. Oh, it's not. It's not at all. Because if you look at all 22, there's there's next to zero correlation between fat intake and uh, heart disease. Wow. And which uh, that is, again, the opposite of what's true. And you guys know, I I talk about South Park in just about every episode that I ever do. There is an episode of South Park where they take the food pyramid and Cartman has to figure it out. Cartman's the, you know, the the jerk that, that runs around, you know, yeah. and he always ends up being right, uh, even though he's doing the, everything wrong. He ends up being correct. And he says to the president, flip the food pyramid upside down. And they're like, well, that's going to put fat and butter on the bottom and grains at the top. Like, he's just like, just try it. And it fits in their simulation. And then everyone's running around just eating steak and butter and they're all healthy after that you know it's it's like a gluten episode but it literally is kind of like these these writers telling us like take all these or these like these government ideas and flip them upside down literally because that's what they do they take and that's another satanic thing taking something good flip it upside down that's what we're going with take the, the christian cross flip it upside down take the star flip it upside down those are our symbols they can't create anything no they it's can all just about manipulate inversion. yeah right right yep Inversion and perversion is really the name of the game. And we see that even being replicated here in the foods. Right. Because like when Procter and Gamble, I think it was the early, real early 1900s that they came out with Crisco. Because like you were saying, Jason, it was just a a waste product. And nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to use Crisco. So then Ansel Keys comes in (laughs) and everyone's like, oh, look, you know, we have to get rid of fat. So Procter and Gamble actually paid the American Heart Association one point seven million dollars to recommend that fats be replaced with polyunsaturated seed oils or what we would call today hydrogenated oils, Mm -hmm. which are rancid and toxic. They cause more inflammation than mass amounts of sugar. And they took fat out of everything and they replaced it with seed oils. It's crazy. Now, see, this made me upset, though, because once once I got a hold of this, I think this was like a 
it was either a TikTok or a reel. And today, TikToks and reels are starting to blend together. But okay. one of them that that covered the whole Rockefeller and seed oil um, debacle. And I didn't believe it. I went right to the grocery store. I was like, I just want to see if this is real. Let me test this crap out. Mm-hmm. Pulled right into the oil section. I had to ask somebody because, you know, I'm not that familiar with that part of the grocery store. I'm like, where are your oils at? <laughs> He'd send me over an aisle. Went over there, looked at it, and started just looking. Crisco, vegetable, canola oil, whatever it is. And it says it right there. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we can stay away from the oils if I just don't use this. And next day, I grabbed me, you know, some chicken tenders. I just need a little bit of sauce from my tenders, right? Nothing crazy. Give me a Barbecue. nice little... See, give me some honey, uh, honey cube from from Hardee's. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. Go in there, go and do my little dip. Boop. And then my internal Christopher Dean kicks in. And I said, I wonder <laughs> what the ingredients are on this. And I look right there at the front, soybean oil. And I was like, sure. go on it. Mm-hmm. Looked at the dressing. Most dressings contain soybean oil as their primary ingredient. Yep. I'm like, you, it's it's so difficult to escape this stuff. And the worst thing about soybean oil, you know, we talked in the beginning about how diets affect sexuality. Mm. Soybean oil um, is antagonistic to testosterone. Yeah. And very, very helpful for estrogen. It gives estrogen to, to right. men. Right. Yeah. It's a testosterone killer. There's a lot of foods, man. I think bananas are big uh, testosterone killers. We were talking about bananas earlier. Well, we don't have natural bananas right now. Yeah, yeah, there's no natural ones, but I think the reason why those certain ones got so popular is because the, of the genetics in them. Right, make, which will push yeah. it back to to the eugenics goal. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you're having food that is that is actually not alive, if you're eating dead food, which somebody was kicking to me, I don't like seeds in my food, right? So if I eat something like, let's say, a cherry, I hate okay. the seed in it. You got to give me the, the maraschino cherries. Those are real authentic cherries in my mind. <laughs> stuff with a giant pit in the middle i hate that but those so, are soaked in high fructose corn syrup usually. well shut up and stop talking to me about this these are healthy cherries you know so i, I was having a uh, i hate saying this because i the racist side of me is going to kick in but i was having a watermelon the other day right <laughs> shut up christopher <laughs> and i don't like seeds so i go for seedless watermelon and one of my friends was like, you do realize that natural fruits have seeds in them. Right. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, that's the way God made them. Right. What do you think a seedless fruit really is? It can't produce like a real fruit. The seeds in the in the meat, you animal eats it. They defecate it back out. It gets in the ground with the nutrients from the defecation and it's able to actually reproduce. The cycle continues. So there's life in the fruit, literally within the seed. You're mm-hmm. having seedless fruit. That's fruit with no life. Mm-hmm. You're literally eating dead fruit. I'm like, shut, shut, <laughs> shut up. I just don't want seeds <laughs> and my watermelon. What? And did you know that's the issue with, with bananas? Yeah. Because originally it was the Big Mike banana. And like the, the candy and taffy or whatever that you get that has banana flavoring. That's what the Big Mike banana tasted like. That reminds me of Michelle Obama when you say Big Mike like that. That was actually the <laughs> banana. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, That's too many was, things <laughs> running together in my head. We got yeah. bananas, Big Mike, and Michelle Obama. <laughs> Gee, I, I don't know wild. what could come from that in my mind. <laughs> I mean, technically, I think it was the Gross Mikael, but that's just German for Big Mike. So, yeah, it was the Big Mike banana. But wow. what happened is because they had genetically altered it so much, it 
didn't have seeds. So all bananas, the, the, the gross, the, the big Mike bananas and even the Cavendish ones that we have now are completely sterile. So what they had to yeah. do is they, they just clone them. You know, they take the shoots off of one plant and, and just keep replanting them. Graft them. What, what that does though, if they're all genetically identical, then if a, a virus comes in, it wipes out all of the bananas. Sure. So that, that's why we don't have bananas that taste like our candy that's flavored like bananas. And I was watching a, uh, a documentary on it and that what they have to do to preserve the health of the bananas now, because they're all just clones of each other. They have to, um, they go into this room and they have to change into these sterile outfits and then move into another side of the room. And then when they go out into the fields of banana, there's literally concrete paths and they have to wear rubber boots. And like every two or three acres, they have to dip their boots and like um, disinfectant. Because if any virus gets on or bacteria gets on any of the bananas, it kills the whole crop and we won't have bananas anymore. But it's because they're genetically altered and they can't reproduce on their own. They're just clones. Mm. That's got to be a little scary when we, we run that out a little bit. What do you mean? Well, not just the food. The food can't reproduce. So mm-hmm. it's just clones. We talked about earlier eugenics. And this whole idea of we want to control population. One of the ways you control population is through forced sterilization, right? Mm-hmm. So if the people can't reproduce, how do you deal with the population? Well, you can clone them. Now we got this push for transhumanism. Huh. It's kind of wild seeing how this might be what we what they practice with foods being scaled up to be done to humanity. Don't forget the fact you were talking about soy and how bad that is. I think it was uh, uh, Stephen Darby that actually stated that inside of canned foods, there's a small coating of soy on the inside of, of canned foods. Uh, All on, canned And the foods? lining of it, yeah. Mm. That's disgusting, man. It's weird, that's right? frustrating. Right. And that's not listed on the ingredients. No, it's just it's something they use as a chemical lining. That's crazy because I buy like organic black beans in a can. And if you look mm. on the back, it's just organic black beans and salt. Like that, that's the only ingredients, but it, it has soy oil on it. That's look it up. Weird. Check it out. It's just where I heard it from. The organic, uh, the w- like they can call things organic that really aren't organic. You know, the, that's what's interesting about all this stuff, too, with, uh, you know, free range chicken. I think that the definition is like it's not what you'd think. It would be. It's like, I think free range means that they can like turn around in their cage. Like they have well, enough room to turn around in their cage. I heard that if they're free range, that they have to, it, they don't have to actually run around. They just have to have access to being outside yeah. for a certain amount of time every day. Yeah. So what, what I heard they do is they feed the chickens and open the doors at the same time. So they open the door. So technically the chickens have access to outdoors, but they're feeding them. So none of them actually go outside. And so what is the point of that? Why, why would you, if it's almost like they're going out of the way to try to make these things less healthy, right? Yeah. I don't even think, I, I think it is beyond it almost sounds like that. It is that right. No. Yeah. It's definitely that. I mean, because like, like we said in the beginning, I think it ties all the way back to Genesis six. Well, I mean, look, the, the first thing that humanity was tempted with food, food, very first thing in the garden, you, you, you've got that fruit, not an apple Mm -hmm. per se. I mean, it it gets that, it it gets that symbolism. 
I'm in the pomegranate camp. You think it's what it was. I'll take cassava melons personally, but that's a whole nother story. Well, I know I'm not even kidding. I've done some research on it. I I think that it was a pomegranate, is what I think. Do you guys have an opinion on what it was? I, I've heard that. I've no, also heard I'm, a fig. A fig? Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm not okay. sure exactly what fruit it was, although I don't think the fruit itself is as important as what right. it represented. But I've I've always been, mm-hmm. you know, curious. What exactly it's a fun conversation? Was. You know, it, it is. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on in that story. There's snakes. Everybody's naked. Talking snakes. There's, yeah. There, there's <laughs> there's low hanging fruit. And I mean, out of all the stuff I can focus on, the low hanging fruit's not the part that I'm most curious about. Right. I would actually <laughs> right. like to know what did Eve look like? Because as soon as Adam saw her, he was like, "Whoa, man! Do you see this woman? How she got her name?" So I'm a little more curious <laughs> about that. But uh, Christopher, you're right on point. It, it was food. That was the the number one vehicle for temptation. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm. fact that the in the food, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the food was genetically modified <laughs> because it was pleasing to the eye. Right. Which seems to mm-hmm. denote a different measure of visual attractiveness of that particular type of fruit, as opposed to all the other fruit that was in the garden. OK. Right. Right. And so it, it caught the eye. It was good for something beyond just nutrition, right? It was good for, for nutrition, but there was something else that was going to give additional knowledge. How do you, how do you engraft knowledge into, into fruit? You had to mess with something on the DNA level. That's mm. interesting. I'm like, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, something would have had to, to be different about it. And from that point forward, we've had issues with food. Food's mm-hmm. always been tied to spiritual allegiance because it's tied to our appetite. Right. And appetite manipulation is something that 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 the serpent is is very good at. Mm. There was this book that I used to have. It was a digital thing and I cannot find it. And it's so frustrating. I wish that I would have printed all these pictures out. It was an esoteric dictionary. It was more of a like a I don't know what it was, not a thesaurus. It, was, it wasn't really a dictionary, but it showed all these different terms and all okay. these different symbols and what it means from an esoteric or an occult perspective and there was a massive section on food grapes pomegranates apple chocolate uh there's a thing called food magic that that you can do which is kind of like sex magic but it's food right um there's a whole just tons and tons of stuff christopher stop licking your lips there that that's not the point in the conversation (laughs) you should be looking hungry Think, but think of all these foods that used to be like, like, and they still kind of are aphrodisiacs. Yeah, the way mm-hmm. that they would like feed the grapes to these, uh, you know, like it was like, like sex symbols almost. Yeah, were were foods, and now we just kind of look at them as, uh, as I don't even know how we look at them. It's not nourishment anymore. It's like a gluttonous thing is what food has really become, especially in this country. Hmm. Which is interesting. So, so you you. You don't have that encyclopedia any, anymore, dude. No, I'm gonna try and find it. I posted it on Patreon. I posted the whole thing. I downloaded it. I can send it to you. But I don't think that you have it anymore. If you click on it, no, I I looked at it just the other day. Oh, dude, please send it to me. I'm gonna print that thing out because I didn't just save the hold, link. Hold, I downloaded the whole hold thing. Hold on, <laughs> for a small nominal fee, right? We'll be able to get this <laughs> over to you. It's a very, very small fee. Just a donation, if you will. You know, nothing. Hey, much. I would post it. I would post it in my story if people ask for it. Instead of responding straight to them, I post it. I post because I think it's interesting. I think it's a it, wild. It is, yeah, there's all kinds of symbols in there. 
Um, anytime I see some kind of like, you know, a company logo that's being, you know, torn up for whatever, you know, horrible thing that they did, I look at their logo and I try and find symbols in there. They have like the horns of Odin that kind of looks like the uh, Google Chrome where you get the 666 in a circle. Uh-huh. Um, wild stuff in that in that freaking encyclopedia. So if you have it, man, I, I would appreciate that very yeah, much. Yeah, I'll try to find it tonight and send it over. I was real irritated because I uh, we did a... Um, financing wokeism episode okay and we covered the like the beginning of the new york stock exchange and that was based off of the button tree agreement and i was like oh this has got to have some type of symbolism right so it's a button tree or a sycamore and i i just i scrolled through so many pages on that encyclopedia and couldn't find button tree or sycamore i was like this is garbage <laughs> it's got every <laughs> other tree and ones i've never even heard of but it doesn't have the one that i'm looking for <laughs> yeah see that's how it is usually too when you're looking for something specific but i found i've made so many connections using that thing and i can't find it anymore and uh like that's how i found out that the the pair represents um being fooled or being naive mm-hmm. and there is a tree at the site of 9-11 that's called the survivor tree and it's a pear tree yep yep that blew my mind that. yeah that's wild yeah it's just an insane connection. and nobody would think oh. anything of it it's just a tree yeah and, and it's, and it's just a, a tree and then maybe we'll know it's a pear tree if yeah. we like hit it with google lens what is that? Oh, it's a pair. Yeah. Ah, it's kind of weird to sitting up here in the Memorial 9-11. You just go on about your business, not right. realizing what's really being said to you. Right. And out of all the trees in that area, that's the one that survives. And it's not a, a pear tree that's actually bearing pear fruit. It's some berry, but it's called a pear tree, a c- certain type of pear that you can't really eat. But same thing. I mean, like, just interesting, man. And and it's, yeah, man, I, I, I would really love to get that book back, dude, honestly. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it tonight. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. So we talked about the food pyramid. Have you seen the 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 Biden administration had the uh, the health compass or the food compass? No. Have you seen that thing? No. Because they they that? I think it's called the food compass, and they listed like they graded uh, a bunch of different kinds of food, and then put it on this list. So like watermelon, kale, and frosted mini wheats are the top of the list. So watermelon and kale. Okay. I mean, kale is probably healthy because I don't eat it very often. Right. But how does frosted mini wheats at the top of this, like you must eat list of of foods from the Biden administration. And the, the three things that are at the, at the bottom that have the lowest score is ground beef, cheddar cheese, and a whole egg fried in butter. Wow. Man, when, with the Wheaties, I mean, they, they put, all kinds of athletes on those boxes, right? Uh-huh. I mean, like it, it's almost like uh, instead of a you know a rabbit or whatever, you know, a freaking fat chef, like in the case of cinnamon toast crunch or any of these things, it's a it's an athlete. It's like, oh man, I'm going to look like this athlete if I eat these mini wheats, you know, horrible grains with frosting on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a different kind of marketing, man. But it, it's kind of kind of cool that they put that, or not cool, but it's kind of like ingenious that they would compare mini wheats to kale and watermelon. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Mm. I think they also said that lucky charms is healthier than ground beef. So that'll help you that. out, Jason. Yeah, I, I <laughs> what about, is it just the marshmallows or the marshmallows, the healthy part? Cause uh, it, it might be. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. We Not need the cereal, that just, just the marshmallows. <laughs> 
Wild. That's some good information. I actually found it online here. Okay. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, if you don't think that they're intentionally trying to poison us, look at this food compass because clearly that's what they're doing. Wait, where'd you uh, find it? Because I looked for it. I didn't, I didn't find it. Uh, it's on studyfinds.org. If you just go and you type in on like, uh, you know, just type in food compass. Uh, the first thing that'll probably come up is the Tufts uh, yeah. EDU. Just scroll down a little more and you'll find what are the healthiest foods to eat? Food compass in quotes. Okay. There's also a Wikipedia page for it too. It's a nutrient profiling system which ranks foods based on their healthfulness using characteristics that impact health uh, in positive or negative ways, just like Christopher said there. So, yeah, man. Wild. There's some images too of healthier foods, like graphs and stuff. This is crazy. <laughs> we got to get this oh, yeah. on Instagram, man. Yeah, An ice cream cone we- with nuts is better for you than ground beef. I don't know. We've been doing it wrong this whole time. Hey, what if you put a little bit of ground beef on your ice cream cone? There you go. <laughs> that actually sounds so, disgusting. An dude, I've cream. I've gone down a rabbit hole of some of these different uh like sweets. Um Dana White does this thing called Effort Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's the CEO charge of the UFC, and they made a pickled cheesecake. Disgusting looking. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of different rabbit holes you can go down with this. Phytochemicals? Pickled cheesecake. Pickled cheesecake, all kinds of stuff. Okay, so here's your thing that you're talking about. This is the healthiest stuff. Yep, yep. Wild, dude. Ground beef, you cannot convince me that a whole egg fried in butter and ground beef is bad for you. Right. Worse for you than Lucky Charms and Frosted Mini Wheats. Skinless chicken breast is like middle of the road here. Lucky Mm -hmm. Charms, whole wheat bread, whole milk. Almond M&Ms are healthier than ground beef. <laughs> now, you know, it's crazy, I know you guys though. don't curse on your show, but I mean, like this, this is getting me close. To- <laughs> yeah, it's it's it really is insane. No, when you said compass, I was looking for something circular, a little pie graph or something like that. I didn't realize they do it was have a, this. a bar graph. OK, right here in our you. notes <laughs> and I'm online looking for it. Like, where's this thing at? <laughs> Yeah, this was the most like image friendly one. Go to tutors. Go number two tutors. Interesting, dude. Um, when you guys want to wrap up, I want to show you guys this Instagram page. Not right now, but I just wanted to remember uh, before we got there because there's an Instagram page that talks about a lot of this food stuff. Um, and I can show you a couple of the videos there. They're short, and it talks about like McDonald's French fries, um, some of the nasty stuff that we see in chicken, and all this kind of weird, weird stuff, man. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, we can do it. We can do it now if you want. You want to go there now? Okay. Um, this is uh, the page here, Dark Universe. I don't know if you guys follow this. Have you heard of this page? Uh-uh. So it's interesting stuff for sure. It's not all food stuff, um, but they do things like, uh, I mean, we can show, I'll show you this if you want. If you like milk, this is pretty gnarly. The milk started depositing in this cow's leg for some reason. You see that? What? That's not right. That's just all pouring out. That's disgusting. For those that that can't see it, it looks like a giant abscess on the side of the cow's leg. 
Yes, and, and that's what it is. And I yeah. actually need to share my sound with you guys so you can see or hear stuff rather. Oh, good but yeah, dude, it, it starts, you know, how the udders are there. And then it just starts going off into this cow's leg. And that's another thing too. never buy chocolate milk in the gallon that's pre-made because there's always blood and pus in all the milk that you drink always. And, and you know, traditionally that could be healthy in small amounts or whatever. But in the strawberry milk that's already pre-made and the chocolate milk that's already pre-made, there's the most blood. Uh, it would actually be like Shut pink milk up. naturally. Yeah. Jeez. It's gnarly, gnarly, it's like, gnarly stuff. All I drink is chocolate milk. Well, just make it yourself. You know what I mean? Make it yourself. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> get some now, Get some of the good milk. Now how do you then, know uh, that's not powdered blood and pus and, and, and then that's quick? I'm saying get like a nice chocolate bar. Make okay. it like hot cocoa. You know what I mean? That Have a little a fun with it. Work. I mean, it's going to taste that much better. Well, that, that's how they get you. All the toxins are, are, are right there. They're the easiest thing to attain. You, right. You're going to have to do work to not eat toxic food. Right. Even growing it, right? Now, this is an interesting one about the McDonald's French fries. And this is just kind of gives people an idea of what's on this page as far as the food stuff goes. But I think that you guys would just enjoy it just because of this stuff. But here's the McDonald's fries. If you go to McDonald's, Anywhere in the world, you will find french fries. You will find that they're always made from the same potato, the russet Burbank potato. This is a potato from America that's unusually long. When you're McDonald's, you like those red boxes with a little bouquet of very long chips. So they insist that all their potatoes be russet Burbanks, and they further insist that they have no blemishes at all. And you've seen potatoes with a little brown line sometimes, or spots that come through it. Well, McDonald's won't buy them if, you, if your potatoes have that. And the only way to eliminate that is to eliminate eliminate an aphid that is so toxic that the farmers who grow these potatoes in Idaho won't venture outside into their fields for five days after they spray. And then when they harvest their potatoes, they, they have to put them in these atmosphere-controlled sheds the size of a football stadium because they're not edible for six weeks. They have to off-gas all mm. the chemicals in them. Jeez. Yeah, I Wild, saw that right? this week, and I saved it because I was like, that's, that's crazy. Gnarly stuff, man. Um, and this is kind of a fun one. I'll just show you guys this because it is a hot sauce. But this is from the eye in Vegas, the dome. Check this out. This is intense. I don't know how they're even able to do that. It's like a hologram of this hot sauce. Delicious hot sauce, by the way. I have That's no idea. Crazy. I thought it was fake, but everyone's saying it's real. This this guy right here not saying it or this chick not saying it's real. But yeah, it's a ball. I, I, I did an episode on that that freaking weird ball, but it's uh, it's a really strange spot, but yeah, this is a good page. They talk about a lot of food stuff on here. Yeah, three things that made me throw up, and one that's interesting. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, I don't even want to click on this. I don't know what this is. Let's yeah, I refuse spitting, to spitting something in there. But. <laughs> <sighs> it's gross, man. It's really, really nasty stuff that goes on with our food, dude. Yeah, I don't even know what to eat now. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I, so, you know i still eat meat from walmart honestly i do myself that's probably not the best thing to do but mm -hmm. you know i don't know I mean, man we're all gonna show me an abscess cow leaking milk from its from its its leg and then you got me with the chocolate milk which i've got like four half gallons down the refrigerator like, <laughs> now I, I gotta chuck all of that well no you know if you've been drinking it and eating it and you're fine yeah, I don't, don't want to worry know. I'm a very visual person. And so now everything you said is going to be in my mind as soon as I turn it up. How's that blood and pus taste, son? Like, uh, uh, uh. 
it's nasty. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you bought the chocolate milk. I didn't think anyone did that anymore. My bad. I thought that people made it. But yes, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm sorry. Th- if I really Those know. of us that, that, you know, are just pressed for real time, you know, you go through the convenience sector and that's really Christopher, you're, you're, you're dead on. That's really one of the ways that they do get us is the convenience factor. You know, we're run through this whole business that keeps us at work for more hours than we should be because we got a financial system that doesn't pay us what we should be paid in order to facilitate life in this country. We're overworked. We're over. We're, we're too busy. And then when it comes to the actual time it takes to make a nutritious meal, you're like, who's got that? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's easy and incredibly easy to just allow other companies to make your food for you. And you, you think it's good. I mean, meals. I was talking to somebody at at, uh, mm-hmm. at Chipotle. And I was like, dude, I, I watched him make something. And I was like, that actually is a lot of salt that you just put in there. And they just laughed. And they were like, if you knew how much salt really goes in there. I was like, how much salt do you really put in this stuff? And they were like, tons. Yeah. And I was like, it doesn't always taste, quote unquote, salty. Right? For as much salt as they put in there. But that's because it's been strategically balanced. Well, yeah, so that's. That- I watched this thing about um, it might have been sugar, the bitter truth or something like that. And he was talking about the amount of sugar that's in our food and then highlighted Coca-Cola. And he said that the smoking gun was the fact that I think in the seventies or eighties, they actually advertised that this, that their new recipe had more sodium and sugar. Mm-hmm. So it tasted better, but that's all they do. Those out, right? Yeah. The, the sugar more, in that. They yeah. Go yeah. So you don't need all of it, but you could have like a quarter of the salt and a quarter of the sugar, but they just keep pumping it in there. And as long as it's balanced, you have no idea that it's destroying you from the inside out. And then some of the stuff they put in there, the chemicals, the chemical reaction between their ingredients produces chemical sodium. Mm-hmm. Like not like they're putting table salt into their, their stuff. Some sure. of it is the byproduct. Cause it's like, where's right. all this, where's all this salt coming from in the drink? You know, mm-hmm. I I thought you were going a different way with that, Jason. Like, well, like with uh, Chipotle, um, I learned a while ago that celery salt has an addictive component to it. So, and they put celery salt in everything there at Chipotle. So, if you if you're cooking for like a lady that you want to impress or something, put celery salt in there, and or or even for your kids, if you want them to like your food, it has an addictive component to it. Right. It's not necessarily bad for you, but then you'll get that craving. Like everyone's had a, a craving for Chipotle and you're mm-hmm. like, man, nothing's nothing will do other than that, that steak burrito bowl. You know what I mean? And it's because it has celery salt and there's like, I used you know, to all kinds of people. studies. I used to joke with folk at, 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 at Chipotle because I got one close to, to where I live and I go in there enough that I wouldn't even have to tell them what I wanted. And they would just, <laughs> they just know what to make. And so I'm like, dude, do you guys put crack in this? Like, if you told me you put crack in it, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, and between, I'll still be back. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Unfortunately, but against my will, I didn't have any any choice in the matter. But like, it's it's between Chipotle and uh, um, what's the donut people? Duncan. No, Krispy uh, Kreme. Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Like, if I found out that Krispy Kreme was sprinkling crack on their donuts, I'd be like, makes perfect sense. Sure. That's the only thing it could have been. Right. You know, so the idea that there's an addictive nature to it is it makes perfect sense. Here's the crazy thing, though. You know, your your mom would cook your favorite meal, right? You liked it. This is your meal. This is great. 
I don't think mom was putting addictive stuff in there in the meal to get you addicted. You just like the meal. Right. Why, if you're a food company, do you have to get me addicted? Why can't you just make good food? Because your mom wasn't you, making money off of giving you the food. She's losing money giving <laughs> no, you food. No, no, right? mom was doing it for love. They're yeah. doing it for profits. Exactly. But the fact that you want to addict me is a red flag indicator to me of the real motivation behind your business. Well, Getting me we, addicted to something is a real problem. And if it wasn't something legal, then we'd all be up in arms. You know, like who's mad at the, at the dude who gets you addicted to fentanyl? Like fentanyl's destroying you. It's it's killing you. Why why would you do that? I was trying to increase my profits, bro. Yeah. Just yeah. follow the American dream. Why are you mad mm-hmm. at me? I learned this from Chipotle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's we, wild. You mentioned that the tobacco companies, you know, had merged with the food industry and the food industry was mimicking the, yeah. the tactics. Well, the most disturbing thing that I saw in that is because the 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 actual intent of the t- tobacco companies buying up all, all the food companies is because they said people can choose to quit smoking and quit drinking, but they can't stop eating. Right. Right. And all the different competition that's out there, how many fast food places or how many fast casual places like Chipotle make good food where you're like, oh, yeah, that's good for the price. It's quality. Right. Because McDonald's is like astronomically priced right now. You can go you can eat at Outback Steakhouse or you can eat at McDonald's. They're similarly priced, honestly. Yeah. Um, With with Chipotle making addictive food like that, they're not the only ones. But it's almost like you have to get that edge over the competition for the price and the value. You got to give the most bang for the buck. There's a lot of sodium in there that's going to make you feel full, uh, similar to how Chinese places use like MSG. Not so much anymore. But, um, dude, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure everyone's eating Chinese food. And then like 10 minutes later, after you feel stuffed, you're hungry again. You Mm -hmm. know, it's because of all that salt, all that sodium. So, well, you know, if, if it was just a business model issue. If it was just about profit and losses in, in the bottom of, of that uh, other profit and loss statement, okay, maybe I could understand and go with it. But if you take in a company like Chipotle, there's a spiritual component embedded in Chipotle that all of us have seen, we just don't realize it. And Christopher, you, you were pointing this out because I'm still blown away by it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't eat Chipotle anymore. Talking about the pedophile logo and the pepper? Okay, well, no, so there's a secondary reason for why <laughs> we're no longer going to eat Chipotle. <laughs> no, like all of that cool Aztec imagery that they have in their restaurants, all of that is modeled after Quetzalcoatl, the plumed serpent. Sure. So the 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 Satan archetype or the divine being that that our entire nation is named after is the principal deity of Chipotle. Wild. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can yeah. walk into their stores and you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know what I was looking at. It looks like a really bad 3D Picasso painting that they they've carved out. They, they did a good job making it abstract enough that it, it doesn't yeah. raise any eyebrows. They really did because it's really stylized, and you're just like, I don't know what that is. It's somebody's form of good art. I think it looks like crap. Burn it personally. Yeah. I'm not advocating destroying Chipotle property, but <laughs> you know, just from an art perspective. But then you find out that no, this is really. Like you said, it's Quetzalcoatl. This is the the homage to their god. Mm-hmm. That's wild. I didn't I didn't know that. But yeah, and that that god, if I'm not mistaken, is like a hermaphrodite as well. It has it's almost like a Baphomet. It's got male, uh, masculine, and feminine characteristics to it. If I'm thinking of the correct one, because all those gods are really difficult to pronounce. Their names are all those deities. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, here's this symbol right here. So this is the pedophile symbol. Um, like FBI, this was from Pizzagate and stuff. Like you guys have seen that spiral triangle, right? Yeah. And kind of like uh -huh. this one too, where it's a little more loose. And then the Chipotle logo is just that same thing. It's just. A, oh, uh, snap. Damn it. Sorry, I never guys. saw that before. Yeah, it's that spiral. Man, what parts of the web do you be going to? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's what's cool about doing these shows, man. It's like you know, you guys said a bunch of stuff that I hadn't heard, and and you no, guys. No, no, Ryan, I haven't heard one like, <laughs> whoa, really? Uh, -uh. we're on the docket for at least six of those already. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I I really do appreciate the way that you guys research too. Though, to to be honest, I think that it's it's good. You know what I mean? It's it's legit stuff. I like how you guys bring it back to the Bible. You know what I mean? That's something I struggle with all the time. I cannot like I haven't read the Bible, man. Like it's not I, I haven't I haven't gotten through it, and um and I haven't read much of it. So when when people can like take what's going on here and bring it back to that, I think that's more important than finding some like you know. Ooh, ah, ah, things, you know, and I think that's more important is what you guys are doing. Yeah. And I think you guys have a good way. You're underselling yourself. I think you guys do a good job, man. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Christopher, what's next on the food docket? Uh, well, we've been jumping around a little bit, but you talked about the mixing of chemicals. Like when yes. you, when they, they hide all of these ingredients and then you're mixing different foods and it turns into something else. Uh -huh. Well, asp aspartame alone is is horrible. That it actually came uh, when they first brought it to market. It was a chemical weapon. Yeah, and they yeah, and they accidentally discovered that oh, this tastes sweet. So let's which start. I really want to know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know. To get high, maybe. Yeah. What government lab where you were making a a chemical <laughs> weapon? Did you accidentally taste it? It has a quite nice little sweet component to it. He thought it's well, some pancakes. As as much as we're like just offering negative information, uh, Food Babe on Instagram, she she covers a lot of this, and then also uh, uh, offers healthy alternatives. Man, she took that was my original name for my podcast was Food Babe. Oh, really? No, <laughs> imagine. <Okay. laughs> Christopher, have you heard about the rising gullibility epidemic going on in the country? No. Is there, <laughs> have, is there really a thing? Yeah, yeah. It's a rising <laughs> epidemic of gullibility. And Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she explained that, the, that like one of the scientists got it on his hand and then was just like on a whim, tasted it. And he's like, oh, it's sweet. Hmm. But if we're talking about occult sciences here, it doesn't really surprise me. So it's... It's super terrible for you. It's in over 6,000 products. So all your diet, whatever, you know, zero sugar, no, um, no sugar, whatever that, that, that's, what's going to have aspartame in it. And it leads to, to cancer, ca cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer disease, seizures, stroke, dementia, um, mood disorders, headaches, migraines, in fact, 50% of women that consume aspartame on a daily basis die of a cardiac event. 50% of women, half of women that have aspartame every day will die of a heart issue. That should be a pause mm. right there. It should be. But this is, this is on the heels of mixing chemicals. And if you mix aspartame with nitrites that are in 
pepperonis that are in a lot of your sausages. It's used as a preservative for meat. A lot of your deli meats will have nitrites in it. If you mix aspartame with nitrites, it turns into uh, another chemical. I don't have the name in front of me, but it is the leading cause of brain cancer. It breaks down uh, in the human body into formic acid and formaldehyde. Aspartame alone, yeah. Yeah. But you mix it with nitrates and it's a, it's a cocktail that, that causes brain cancer. So you have wow. a diet soda in your pizza, your pepperoni pizza on Friday night. You're setting yourself up to get brain cancer. There is a big thing with uh, with with brain cancer and cancer in general. I, I didn't realize it was specific to brain cancer with aspartame. That's why uh, Pepsi specifically they don't use aspartame in their diet anymore. But there was a you know classic diet recipe that they brought back for a short amount of time that had a light blue label and that had the aspartame in it because some people just like the taste because it's a drug and you know it gets there's addictive components there for sure. Right. So their their new one. What what's the new sweetener that they use oh, in the new recipe. Splenda. Splenda. You guys heard anything about them? Um, not a lot. What are the different names that what, aspartame? aspartame? The you aspartame ask, shows up. Yeah, it'll show up as NutraSweet equal E nine fifty one Benivia and Candorel. Okay. Okay. I'm seeing right here too that Splenda, if they're using Splenda, it's actually linked to obesity, obviously, leukemia, and liver problems. So we go back to that liver killer thing. Um, so yeah, you're yeah. not safe no matter what. No, no. So what do you know about the? I know you did an episode about the Heck 293 because we're talking about sweeteners and um, Cinemix uses Heck 293 to create their sweeteners. What do you know about it? Before you so say that's this, an Ryan. I love this topic because I remember when I first came across it, I was pulling in back back to work and I needed something to listen to. And I put your show on and I was pissed because all day I've been searching for stuff to listen to. I got to this, hit this, and I was like, what? And I'm at the end of my day and I'm like, I got to wait till tomorrow to get into this. But this was absolutely wild. I was oh, like, man, where did he find this crap at? Well, thanks, man. It's so crazy to hear that people actually like enjoy it that much to where they're like, shit, I got to listen. You know, I got to listen to this, you know, uh, oh, dude, yeah, I had to park the now. truck, pick the phone up, right? Do a quick text <laughs> to like, go look this up later. Cause that's, this is insane. Cool, yeah. It makes me feel really good, dude, honestly. But, um, as far as the HEK goes, man, I heard about it from a Patreon subscriber actually just told me about it, you know, mentioning, uh, you know, I, I obviously used to work for Pepsi. I talked about it several times and, she said, had you looked into this HEK293 stuff? It stands for human embryonic kidney cells, and they take it from essentially aborted fetal tissue. There was a company, I think it was called Cementex or Cinemix or something. It sounded like Cinnamon. I think it's Cinemix. Yeah, yeah. Cinemix, okay. And um, they were doing this, man. They, they're they no longer around, supposedly. I think that you know when you come across technology that it feeds into the cannibalization agenda, which it seems like that is something for whatever reason eating you know why not use monkey cells you know what i mean why why are you going to use human aborted fetal tissue it feeds into the abortion agenda the human sacrifice thing and mm -hmm. it also is poison to to people so you you hit three perfect check marks uh for this whole agenda with these hek cells and then they supposedly go away i think there's no way that they did that 
and it ties in with Henrietta Lacks. If you guys have heard of her, really interesting yeah. woman who had like some, you know, a, a black lady that had these wild cells. For some reason, her there were the Gila cells, and they mm-hmm. just took Gila, the first two letters of her first name, last name, and made these immortal cells. And they're in all kinds of vaccines. And I actually talked with this guy named Christopher Key that runs this thing called the Vaccine Police. Very interesting stuff that this dude talks about. He's a kind of a kooky dude. He's one of these dudes that drinks his own urine, which that might be something that we need to talk about later, too. <laughs> this seems this seems I see you, Jason. Instead of drinking that chocolate milk from the gallon, hey, drink your own piss. You know what? See, I was gonna say so. I forgot we was a family friendly podcast. Uh, <laughs> no. But, we'll right. not be doing that. So this is the thing, and, and I'm down to talk about this later, too, because I'm very interested in it, in the, uh, the urine therapy, as it's called, which sounds stupid. It sounds disgusting. But this guy was talking about that stuff, and he's a, he swears by it. But he was telling me that there are two different cell lines they use from a baby boy and a baby girl, two separate ones other than Henrietta Lacks. He hadn't even heard of Henrietta Lacks. Okay. But. Okay. They took these two, the boy, boy, girl cell, uh, a boy's cell line and a girl's cell line, and they put them into the mRNA vaccines. So I don't know the significance there, but it all has to do with these kidney cells, which are kind of like a sweetener, essentially. Okay. Interesting. I heard, and I, I was trying to do research, and it's it's so difficult to get any type of, of quality information at, at this point. So I heard that they were... Um, I saw several websites that said that the the HEC-293 was actually used as the sweetener. And then I saw a bunch of other ones that said, well, it's not actually the sweetener. It's used in the production. So what they the the, the excuse that it's not that bad isn't even that good of an excuse. But it's right. that they, they, they take these immortal cells from from either spontaneously miscarried or aborted fetuses or from the the cultured tissue from, from what is it? 1973 or whatever. And then they, they essentially clone them and grow them into like um, flavor receptors. So they're cloning these cells into taste buds essentially. And then they run these, these, these new synthetic sweeteners over top of these clone taste buds. And they do that instead of hiring people to, to actually say, yes, this, this tastes good or this doesn't. So have you heard any of that? Like, is it, um, have you heard the contention that it's just used in producing it or that the, the heck 293 is actually the sweetener itself? So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd heard that it was a sweetener, but what you're saying makes total sense. I'm actually going to look up right now. Uh, Cinemax, uh, which again sounds like a delicious cereal. If we're talking about, you know, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, yeah I'll but see, look that up. depends on how you spell Cinemax. Because if you think cinnamon, yeah, but if you think S I N, oh, M I X, like sin being mixed in there, totally different now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was okay. It was Seno Mix, S E N O. M Y X. Okay. Um, yeah. And they have, uh, these are the guys that, that were doing this supposedly, and I'm just going to double check on that, but yeah, man. And then for the record, by the way, not to get off topic, but that the, the cell lines uh, of these other kids that were taken are MRC five, MRC dash five and W I dash three, eight. And this is a, um, the W I is the female. Uh, it's a diploid human 
cell line composed of fibroblasts derived from lung tissue of a three-month-old female fetus. So what was it, WI what? WI-38 is the girl. And then the boy is MRC-5. Okay. Yeah, and that those are those are lung tissue. So you would think if you're trying to create some kind of vaccine that might weaken the cardiovascular system or the lungs, mm-hmm. uh, you would want to use lung tissue from potentially possibly unhealthy kids, maybe healthy kids. I don't I don't really know. Interesting. Um, but what an evil thing to do, man. You know, mm-hmm. abortion's not bad enough. They gotta, you know, mess with these things. Right. And Planned Parenthood even got caught, and I, I guess got caught, but it's not technically illegal selling their their fetuses or whatever to different organizations for profit. Yeah. 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 It's disgusting, man. It's freaking human trafficking. I don't know if you've seen the pictures too, of like the, uh, the big original human, uh, it's almost said human trafficking. That's a Freudian slip there, but the, the, um, Planned Parenthood building looks like the, one of the old Aztec pyramids and the Aztec pyramids were used for human sacrifice. Interesting. No, I haven't seen that. I feel a screen share coming on. Yeah, yeah. I'll see. That's crazy. Yeah, let me see here. I'll I'll uh I'll find it right now. But even I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they use the actual HEC two ninety three as a sweetener because we know I mean Sandra Bollock has her, her penis facial, which is where they have you you've heard of that, right, Jason? I'm 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 sorry. I don't follow penis up. Penis facial? Penis and- facial, yeah. She was on no. um she was on a talk show and she was being asked about it and what oh, it no, is Oh no, this is the foreskins thing. Yes. Okay. She calls it I the got penis it in a folder. facial. Yeah, I don't have it in, in the penis folder. I got it in foreskins. But yeah, it sells <laughs> from a Vietnam I think it's Vietnamese infant injected into her face. Uh, to stay young. To stay and, young. And it was really weird cuz this was on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And she yes, kind of like yes. fleshed out the whole, made her confess it. Like didn't uh-huh. just let it go under under the rug. She was like, so you've got infant foreskins. Disgusting. Right. And then Sandra's only justification was, she's like, as soon as you see how good that it works, you'll go into the doctor and ask for the D. And Ellen was like, I'm never going to be asking for that. <laughs> right. Because they covered up with a quick joke. Right. But right. it's crazy. Wow. That's how they hide all this stuff man is humor but mm-hmm. here's this uh planned parenthood headquarters thing and then you know it shows a image here child sacrifice in 1515 was done in a you know aztec pyramid or mayan pyramid maybe i'm not sure exactly which that is and then you know 2015 hundreds of years later you've got planned parenthood kind of built the same way what a step so, pyramid yeah that's wild isn't that interesting yeah. you know these people love their symbolism man so they do oh yeah that's what it is by the way, no, just, no, we were just under land development restrictions, and that was the best architectural <laughs> layout that we could get for that zoning. This has nothing to do with step pyramided out of, out of some right. place in the Aztecs. What are you talking about, guys? Right. I mean, it's nuts, dude. Absolutely crazy. Here's this. Uh, yeah. So apparently they had something. Um, they, they say something right here with the. Uh, MRC5, this is from the boy. During the COVID-19 pandemic, anti-vaccination and anti-abortion activists believe that the MRC-5 was an ingredient of the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine, which AstraZeneca was ended up being banned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cited a study from the University of Bristol. David Matthews, a co-author, uh, clarified that the MRC5 was solely used for the testing purposes, not 
the vaccine itself, but the testing purposes. Um, similar right here, it says you can see HEK293 uh, from kidney cells of aborted or spontaneously miscarried female fetuses. So, yeah, man, I, I think that the fact that they say it on Wikipedia, which is like the dummies version of trying to find anything, it's always where I start my research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's a, I always do, dude. I always start here first just to get the basic idea of what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And it says it right there that there was, you know, anti-vaccination. If you're an anti-vaxxer, you're scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. Anti-vaxxers thought that this was used and they're always wrong about everything. And it says it right there, man. I think that's suspicious to say the least. I think it's interesting. I had a DOD contact that was uh, telling me about when they had to submit paperwork to uh, avoid the jab. And one of the things they put in there was uh, based on my religious beliefs. Don't want I'm not comfortable having that injected into me, especially considering that it has a a aborted fetal tissue in it. And the response they got back was there are so many other things that have that in there as well. And I was like, what sort of a response is that? Like your shampoo's you know got it, this and that and the other. So you try and tell me you're going to stop using your shampoo. Right. Like, just come on in here and get this shot. Right. That's insane. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's got to be in it then if that's the position of the Department of Defense. Yeah. Sure. yeah so, so just some companies that have said that they use the HEC 293 or like, so Pepsi, their their defense now is that, oh, well, we don't, We Ryan, you said that Cinemix isn't even a company anymore. I believe they they got uh, broken up, yeah. Right, but Pepsi's defense was, well, we don't do business with them anymore. But once you get once you get your sweetener, once you get your aborted human sweetener, why you don't need to continue or be in contract with the company anyway. No you fear beverages, Christopher. Not to interrupt you, dude. I'm sorry, but yeah, they apparently they are still around. I'm going to see what their stock price is at. They have a ticker, it seems like. But I'm sorry to interrupt. That's okay. I'd also be curious who owns them. State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard? <laughs> sure. I'm sure. I'm very sure. But yeah, yeah, so No Fear Beverages, Ocean Spray, Seattle's Best Coffee, Tezo Beverages, Amp Energy, Aquafina Water. Aquafina Water. That's Pepsi. Yeah. That's crazy. They're flavored beverages, double shot energy beverages. Wait, are we saying the Aquafina Water, like the actual water has got this in it? Yes. Yeah. And you said Sobe, <laughs> correct? Sobe is owned by Pepsi and so is Ocean Spray, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So you're still, you're, I mean, obviously you're going through the different sub brands, but this is all one, one freaking brand here, man, using the same. And that's what's really messed up about this, dude. Is, uh, and once I found that out, I started trying to find my way out of Pepsi. Like, I have morals. You know what I mean? Like, they're not as, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, all my my fair share of you know sinning or whatever i enjoy gambling you know i I drink things like that but i'm not going to do that man i'm not going to be a part of something that that does that kind of stuff yeah i get that it's sad man it's it's a shame so i wonder are all these pepsi then lipton gatorade fiesta tropicana all that's pepsi yep all those what about seattle's best coffee Is, is that uh they do starbucks that's what i was wondering is that is Seattle's uh, okay. best coffee Starbucks? No, Seattle's best, uh, which is interesting because Starbucks comes out of Seattle as well. Right. Along That's with Microsoft, Amazon. I mean, Seattle's a real <laughs> hellhole, dude. Uh, of I mean, it's a third world country. And um, I mean, it might be it might look beautiful and stuff, but just like the, from an economic standpoint, it is tragic what goes on there. Some of the richest people, Bezos, freaking Gates, and then, you know, Starbucks, Seattle's best, obviously. But no, they're a separate company. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to look at uh, Cinemax's stock price, and it's all NA. So maybe they did get broken up. But on Wikipedia, it says that they're still around. If they got broken up, I wonder who took over this part of the business. Right. Probably Bill Gates. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's dark. There's a whole section on Wikipedia, too, about um, about the use of fetal tissue in vaccine development. They did it with the rubella uh, vaccine and the COVID-19 vaccine. It says right here on Wikipedia that they did that for both of these. So, so here's why this stuff gets really uh, touchy for me. Is I heard, um, I think it was Steve Quayle that was talking about one of the things that, that he said that Jesus told him about the end times that we should really pay attention to is that one of the ways you will know you're in the end times is when the appetites of demons become the standard normative appetites of culture. Mm. And so when we go back into Genesis six and we look at the creatures that, that produce the disembodied spirits that we call demons today, you're looking at the Nephilim. And when you look at what the scripture says about the Nephilim, they were uh, a species that were so ravenous that they consumed themselves. Even the land that supported them began to consume itself. So they were cannibalistic. And now here we, we've got these type of technologies being introduced into popular culture where even our taste are being molded off of cannibalistic like technologies that's well, a problem dude, you know at, you're you're talking about netflix earlier well not netflix but you're talking about bernays they have a connection with netflix the bernays family yeah. um reed hastings is a as a descendant i think either that or an in-law of bernays no uh netflix was co-founded by reed hastings and mark bernays randolph and mark okay. bernays randolph is the nephew of bernays there you go Okay, so yeah, my mistake. I, the only guy I know is Reed Hastings. Um, but yeah, dude, you have like the propaganda coming out of like, you know, the sexy Jeff Dahmer. You know what I mean? Like how, uh -huh. look at this heartthrob of this dude. And then also, you know, Ted Bundy played well, by Zac second. Efron. Yeah, but you, know you said mean? Netflix. Netflix had a, a show that they greenlit, which was all about cannibalism that yeah. um, Timothy Oliphant was in. I can't think of the name of the show. But it was like, as soon as he got done doing Justified, he got picked up with this show. And was it that was the, like, the San Carlita diet with Drew yeah, Barrymore? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All about yeah, that. Or you saw it in, um, uh, oh, man, what's the uh, the Kingsman? I think it was the Kingsman, the second movie, where they're up in, like, the Aztec jungles or whatever, and the lady's making, like, uh, human burgers out of right. somebody she put in a meat grinder. There's a lot of movies like that. There's one called The Farm, uh, which is like that as well. Phenomenal movie, but kind of a, a stomach turner, especially mm -hmm. if you don't like some of these like satanic movies like that. Like I like movies that have those themes because I think that there's a lot of truth in them, right? Okay. Like I enjoy kind of learning some things from those. Um, there was another one I'm trying to think of, but I can't. Uh, but there, dude, I mean, there's tons of propaganda out there about like how eating human meat is like a hot fetish which is strange mm -hmm. and and you see like those things with like cannibal club i don't know if you guys have heard of that it was an old website that's been taken down where people could sign up to eat other people or they could sign up to be eaten and like people would like cut pieces of their skin off and what you know feed it 
to someone else. There's a startup company that is trying to make salami using celebrities' skin tissue. James Franco, Robert De Niro, a couple other people. Um, Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those actors signed up like here. You can take some of my skin. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Kanye West is part of it as well. I'll see if I can find the name of it. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, and it, it sh- you know it looks like real salami, but it's uh it, you know it's human meat, and it's it's not like actual human meat, but it's it, you know created in a lab off of their tissue, so it is a roundabout way to eat. I think human human meat. It's it's cannibalism, man. It, like this is dark stuff. And they're trying to get around it by saying, no, this is very clinical. This is, uh, you know, professionally set up stuff. And it's uh, it's just nothing but, I think, evil stuff, dude, at all. I, I think, like, if, if scientists are really the new occult leaders, because we opened this whole episode talking about how it's occult sciences, then the, we have to be aware of the propaganda. So I think when when they tell us that it's oh it's fine because it's grown in a lab, we should we should be able to take that and interpret it that it's it was crafted in a temple, right? Because because that's really what it is. You guys are going to get me in trouble with these freaking searches. I have in my search history now. <laughs> oh, that's what I was wondering. I was like, I would love to see your <laughs> Google search salami. history. Human salami. Human salami meat is what I search here. So if I get arrested, uh, you guys got to be my witnesses. This was for a show. Yeah. But yeah, this company wants as to. As long turn- as it's not Franco salami, because that, that'd be a whole different thing. Right. I, I mean, uh, and I'll <laughs> tell you, too, Jennifer Lawrence is very attractive. I don't want to eat any part of her. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's just gross. But yeah, a company wants to turn celebrities into lab grown salami, and it's perfectly possible. So it started um, out as drink their bath water, and now it comes to eat their skin. Right. Boy, that's an escalation. It sure is. Um, I wish that there was like some kind of video on. It's called Bite Labs. Yeah. Yeah. Bite Labs. So weird stuff, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like some of these companies out here are just doing nothing but just the weirdest stuff. Um, I wish we could see this. Ouroboros grow your own steak. Meat kit is technically not cannibalism. Oh, there's another company called Ouroboros. That's what it was too. So I mean, how how wild is that that you're That's calling like something right on the nose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Snake eating its own tail. It's like saying that we're all snakes. You know what I mean? Oh, this is Twitter, which you know you guys see that they changed Twitter to X.com. Mm-hmm. I didn't right. see that. Yeah. Yeah. It, they just <laughs> recently did that. Yeah, that's Weird. their new uh, new logo. We'll see if this even pops up, but. Yeah, man. Freaky. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so apparently these are your uh, lab-grown meats, and then you can make a whole salami log out of this. So Bro, you put your own DNA into the culture, and then you grow yourself meat to eat yourself? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, like, you know how you can grow your own mushrooms? Like, there's those kits to grow your own mushrooms? It's okay. like uh-huh. that, but wait, it's wait, wait, eating... Wait, wait, slow down for just a second. So we, as a species, <laughs> went from PETA... Like, don't eat pigs and don't eat bacon and just, you know, make sure you eat your vegetables and leave the meat alone. To I tell you what, now that we're not killing cows and we we got too many cows, by the way, because it's too much methane that they're releasing, you know, but you can't kill them. 
But now that we we've we've got this under control and you still have this meat craving, I tell you what we should do here. Forget the cows that we let live. How about you grow your own self and then you can consume yourself and this will be very sustainable. This is very right. green. Same thing as eating your own waste, you know what I mean? And Jason, if you try and figure out the logic of these people, you're going to oh, go insane. insane. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. insane, but you just look at it and you're like, man, this is crazy. The course right. that we're on and our freedom to try to be free from God. We want to do yeah. it our way. This is what we get. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's dark stuff, but. Can I interest you in some Christopher Dean shots? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. These are It'd spicy. Pretty good. Just saying. It's, it's spicy. <laughs> it's got a little kick to it. A chef board with just like meats of humans on it it's gross man weird stuff but that's the uh that's the agenda i guess oh i mean out of a you listed entertainers there it doesn't surprise me i mean that's the same industry that's working with maria abramovich the same Mm -hmm. as you know and doing things like spirit cooking and having desserts that are that are laced with human bodily fluids like and, semen yeah. and blood and period period blood to be specific as, as well yeah. as other disgusting fluids and Fresh you've milk. got yeah and it, you mixed up into a cake that's in the form of a human being and then you're cutting that cake and consuming it which is a, a form of cannibalism especially when it's has ingredients that come from from the human body and you've got celebrities like like jay-z and and will ferrell and other people that are going to these parties having a great time with they're doing this type of stuff i'm like this is disgusting it's It's like ceremonial ceremonial cannibalism right it's not real like the way that we would think of it cannibalism but it's ceremonial in nature it's like you know going through the motions of doing that same thing and they're able to normalize it by eating a cake that looks like a real, real person and then maybe you know years down the road it will be a real person exactly exactly like so disturbing yeah scary stuff man scary stuff so have you heard that like farmers all over the world are having to cool their cool their herds like we we talked about it a little bit that the government is paying farmers to to butcher their cows and not sell the meat i think they're sending them to china is what it what it comes down to from what i understand is that they're instead of uh you know butchering them and then giving them to the american people like they should because it's grown mm-hmm. on our land we pay taxes for this stuff they're sending all of it to China from what I understand. And China's not the bad guy necessarily, man. Like I, I've been looking into TikTok a lot. It's an American company. It is not a Chinese company and I can prove it. And I'm going to in an episode coming up here. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a wild. I mean, dude, if you look at the, the, you know, alone, the, the board of bite dance, it's five dudes, three white dudes, whiter than me and Chris, Christopher right here. And then two Chinese guys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a strange, strange situation that we we blame a lot of stuff on China. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, what are you laughing at? I was just thinking about the people you, you mentioned. I was like, well, it's not a full whiteboard, but that's definitely high yellow. <laughs> I mean, and it's, I like, it's I like, I don't know if I could say that, but that works. <laughs> Another dude that's really affiliated with TikTok is Henry Kissinger, you know, so oh, uh, okay. from what I was looking at. But yeah, man, um, from what I understand, they're sending all that stuff to China, all that meat. And and they're the biggest consumers of pork, too. And then Brazil is a sleeping giant when it comes to our food supply as well. And they just recently approved lab-grown meat to be sold 
here in the States. Okay. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, right there in California, you can make synthetic meat and you can sell it. And I'm like, ugh. Well, there's going to be all kinds of kits, you know, just like this one. Like, you don't have to necessarily take um, human meat. You could get, like, like, you could buy a kit where, and this is like a billion dollar idea. I'm sure it's already out there, but like, you take, you take like cow spores or chicken spores or whatever, and you can, you know, clone meat that you eat. But that is just so opposite of natural, man. It's so disgusting to think of eating lab-grown stuff. I don't even really like eating, like, you know, the chicken that I get at Walmart. Listen, you know? Ryan, I, I barely trust the oil companies. I barely trust gasoline to be what they tell me it is. And they put 10% alcohol in that. You think I'm really about to trust a food company that's growing meat? Right. The same group that told me I can't kill a cow. But you're going to give me a healthier option from a lab, right? Nah, I'm I'm good on that, dude. It's funny that you bring up the gas companies too. I don't know if you noticed, but gas smells a lot different. It smells like burnt popcorn to me when I smell gas uh, at the gas stations. I used to love the smell of gas. Okay, you know what I mean, like I used to race motorcycles. I love the smell of like, especially like high octane gas, dude. It does not smell like it used to. It smells like burnt popcorn now. So hmm. I don't know what type of fuel you you were getting, if it was just straight gasoline or maybe you were smelling diesel, but I I used to work in the fuel industry, like delivering fuel. And one of the things they do, especially for diesel, is they do bioadditive to it. And they add like chicken, chicken grease and, and ground up chicken. I don't think it's chicken parts, but it's like chicken grease that they Knocked add to it. Yeah, I don't think it's pieces that are in there, but it's like chicken fat pretty much they they add to diesel as an additive especially in the winter to help it expand and i mean they add a lot to it so Weird. i don't know if that contributes to maybe the, the the smell of it as far as gasoline itself i haven't noticed a difference um since i've been out the field game but it was in that for a couple years gasoline just smelled like gasoline uh to me but i wasn't comparing it to gasoline that you'll have in the can because like when you go to a fuel rack and you get gasoline straight from uh, some of these distributors, that gasoline smells different than what you'll get in a in a can that you have, you know, at your house when you're pouring in your lawnmower or something like that. Is it the know, the ethanol mix that they're sneaking in on everyone? That well, is that why it smells like burnt popcorn because it's that, made from corn? Might That's be. a valid point. I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I lost my sense of smell after I had COVID. I had COVID twice. And I, I just can't smell like everything smells normal. Like my own pee smells really weird to me. And I, I, I even asked him, like, does my pee smell weird? And she's like, no, it smells like pee. Um, <laughs> Hold on. So yeah, man. Do you bring girl, it out in a cup ask for breakfast? I was like, here, <laughs> does it smell this. okay to you? Dude, that's what I was going to talk about is this urine therapy stuff is an interesting thing, man. I haven't done it yet, but I'm tempted, dude. I'm tempted to try it out because supposedly a lot of older societies used to do this. To mm -hmm. it's like the best medication, supposedly. Like if right. you're sick with anything, I'm gonna need you to stay away from drinking your own urine, man. I, I I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can actually get it there. But I'm fascinated with the idea. Have you yeah. talked to Kelly Fitzchizzle about it? Of course, yeah. As soon as after this dude uh, was telling me about it, uh -huh. I asked her. I was like, honestly, is it all that it's cracked up to be? And she's like, 100. percent you know what I mean? She's a healthy chick. She's an attractive girl. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird mm -hmm. that it's weird to think of someone like her doing that. You think of like yellow teethed, 
nasty looking <laughs> dudes doing it. The crazy know? cat ladies. Yeah. You know, you don't think of people like her doing it. And so I asked her and she said, yeah, like, you know, I haven't gotten too deep down it, but from the research she's done um, and the way that it was described to me or explained to me is like, you know, when you get bit by a rattlesnake, right? What do you do? You go and get antivenom. How's antivenom made? Antivenom is made from the venom. So if you have any kind of disease in your body or anything wrong with your body, you pee it out. It's in your pee. You take it back in. It's essentially anti-venom for whatever is ailing you. That's what I heard. I haven't gotten there. And Jason, I don't know if I will, but it's a fascinating <laughs> See, concept. Jason, I w- I've been trying no, to shield you. No, you shut up. Because I know you're going to s- no, because you're going to say something, and I'm like, we're not going to be friends anymore. This is going to be the limitation of our our friendship. No, I've not done it actually. Yeah, but you seem intrigued as much as I'm like into like the, the French thing, and I'd have no issue drinking my. See, there, there was. That's why you froze right there. <laughs> yeah. He but um, Kelly and Julia did an episode and they talked about it. And it was a really interesting episode, but we were supposed to do a couple with uh, with Julia. And I was like, you're not going to be able to look at her the same way after thinking about her drinking her own pee. So I no, didn't see another a girl that you wouldn't think would do that, you know, attractive girl. And you wouldn't think right, that she would be right. doing that stuff. Does she actually do it too? Um, I can't remember if she said that she did it or she was all about trying it because yeah. they were talking about it. Hey, now, I'm down to take a shot. You know what I mean? We can take a shot all together. We can all of us get together and try it. And if I throw up, I throw up, but I'm all down to try y- it. Y'all can do that. I am never. And when I say never, they say never say never. I am never with an A at the end drinking my own ear. What so if they put high fructose corn syrup in Right, sweeten it with some honey. <laughs> no, no dude, because honestly, then you have to go back and forth to try to figure out the ratio. But Step Jason, up. think about this, dude. This has been made so taboo. We're talking about these systems that tell us the same people that created the food pyramid. They're uh-huh. going to tell you you should never even think about drinking your urine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'll take my sunglasses off for this so that you can know that I'm not like <laughs> bullshitting you. Uh-huh. These people lie to us, dude. They lie to us about everything. What they say is good. Oftentimes, it's actually bad for us. What and, and the opposite is true. I think it's something to at least research. Y'all can research it. That's cool. Here's the the issue that I have with it from a conceptual standpoint. You you mentioned the anti venom thing, right? And the fact that we get venom or we get anti venom from venom that we extract from snakes. Right. Got it. Venom is not a waste product. What I have an issue with is the idea that we are consuming our waste. Think about and it as a toxin, though. You're peeing out it, your toxins. You're, there are toxins in in your your urine, but all your urine is not just toxin. I mean, there's water in there. There's urethra. In, I mean, not urethra, but the uh, the chemical um, ammonia. <laughs> you got that too. But now there's uh, <laughs> there's another chemical in there that that's contained in your urine. But it's not all just toxins. Be that as it may, it is waste that comes from the body. The concept of bringing back in my own waste into my body actually seems a bit pagan to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, 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 I can't wrap my mind around it from a conceptual standpoint. I know they could pitch me the health benefits and all of this. I'm like, still, nah. I think there's a reason God had that going out of you. And I don't see anywhere in scripture, especially when he establishes the health code for his people, that the ingestion of urine was anything that was ever recommended. 
you guys probably know better than I do, though, that the Bible has probably been mistranslated and translated several times over. So we don't know the full story. I'm not saying that Jesus told you to drink your pee, but I'm not saying he didn't say that. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that there's any proof that you can say he actually said that. There's none of that out there, right? But I would say I, I think we have strong place to to show through different several different models in Scripture that God goes to great length to get waste away from you. Right, like waste is never supposed to be around you, whether it what it idiomatically represents, and then from the the uh, the hygienic standpoint. We're always supposed to get that away. So the idea of us going back in and reconsuming that seems to violate just a regular law of nature. And then, then, well, real quick before we move on, just because this has actually come up several times in our, in our episodes from different people and, and um, to try to be courteous to our guests, we don't push back a lot against it, but the whole idea that the Bible has been translated so many times that we can't trust what it says. I have contention with that. It has been translated a bunch of times. It's been translated in, in several different languages. And there's even three major philosophies in translation, whether it be word for word or concept for concept or paraphrase. But if we go back to the oldest text that we have, the Bible has not been altered the way that people think that it has. It's not like a game of telephone where this person told this person told this person, all of the people that are translating the texts are going back to the original text. And do you think that that original text is, there's no possible way that that could be tampered with? Well, I think it could be, but then we're also talking reasonable doubt and we're talking evidence, not proof. The, the fact of, by every metric that we measure the authenticity and accuracy of a historic document, the Bible wins hands down. Sure. Nobody, nobody argues that Homer wrote the Iliad. Nobody argues. Was it really Aristotle that said such and such in his poetics or, and by Shakespeare. All, or Shakespeare and by every single one of those ma- metrics, whether it be the, um, the number of copies, whether it be, Oh shoot. What is it? Is it the, the number of copies, um, I can't remember what all of them are, but there's three major ways that we measure that. And the Bible wins hands down every time. So is it possible f- for just a thought experiment that it could be altered somewhere? Sure. Do we have any reason to believe that it has been? Not really. Not based off of the evidence and, and the, the way that we go and authenticate these types of things. Don't also forget I, the people who were the scribes that were responsible for, for transcribing this this stuff went to great lengths to make sure that they copied as accurately as possible. And if they made one mistake, they'd rip out the entire page and start it all the way over. And then they had to submit it to their higher ups to make sure it was valid. You know, so it got vetted several times over. So I'd but have there's there that. was Rockefeller t- types back then. There was people like that that were trying to control the narrative is all that I'm saying. So even if it was very accurate, and I understand this is your guys' beliefs, right? Like this is, and, and I, I I think that, you know, you should be able to believe this stuff. I don't think that the Bible's trash, right? Like I think that it's, it's, it's something that should be very much paid attention to. And I wish that I knew more about it, honestly, like, you know, from a sincere, uh, you know, standpoint, but I just think that, you know, it's the same people throughout time that have kind of been at the top of society. And we know that like the church at the highest levels is not to be trusted. Right. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that's my opinion. Like the Catholic church that's been in power for a long time. Can't trust them. 
And these are the people that were, that were, you know, putting this word out there, not necessarily the Catholic church, but, and maybe it was the Catholic church. Again, I'm not a big religious historian, but it just seems like, you know, you got to be skeptical of all these things. And you guys do a good job about that. And, and uh, it's just one of those things where sometimes you can be a little bit more susceptible to believing things because they fit in with what you want to believe. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I, I just think that sometimes, you know, some of these things got to be pushed back on a little bit. I mean, no problem doing that. Where would you draw the line? Not just when it comes to to this particular thing with the authenticity of scripture, but where would you draw the line with taking in your own waste under the idea of health benefits? Where would I draw the line? At, what do you mean? Would you if they, if they came to you and said, we've done clinical studies to show to show that if you consume yeah, slight microscopic amounts of fecal matter, your own. It'll improve your health. You See, eat your, was like you eat the, your crap. If it was the AMA, dude, no. And that's the thing. That's that that seems to be different. And I asked this this Christopher Key did this too. It's like, why don't we eat our own shit if if we or, or poop? Sorry, why don't we eat our own crap if we if we can drink our pee? And he said that is it's completely different. Like your body puts out this stuff out of you. You know, you pee this stuff out rather than pooping it out. And that's like, that's the bad stuff, supposedly. I don't know, man. I'm not saying, I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying you should, you know, you know, right when we get off this call, just go and drink a big old cup of your pee. I'm not saying that. I just think it's something that's interesting because it is so frowned upon. The freaking elites out there, the parasite class are telling us not to drink our own urine, but potentially in the future, we're going to eat our own poop. I'm not doing I mean, the logic backwards. Yeah, I'm not doing any of that, but I'm just, I'm dying at the fact, babe, what's up with this lemonade? It's a little spicy. Oh, babe, <laughs> right. yo, sorry, I meant to tell you. That was the 12 o'clock peak. What the hell is it doing in the refrigerator? Yeah, is this I have no other place. Lemonade? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man, that's disgusting. <laughs> I, I'm not I almost saying, can't man. eat asparagus because of that alone. Like, I think it tastes great, but man. Got the uh, blueberry asparagus lemonade. No, man, you know, I, and, and this is what's fun to talk about with these things is we're talking about the food system. We're talking about how everything's backwards. That's what we started off talking about, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. If this is like, just imagine this is like the perfect medicine. I'm not saying it is, but there's books that are written about this that are, mm -hmm. that are, and, I, and you know, the government, the same people that told you that that food pyramid was perfect. will say that this lady that wrote this book, I forget her name. I can't remember to, to save my life right now, but they'll say that she is a fraud. Those same people will also tell you that Bill Gates is the most powerful doctor in the world, in the country. Mm -hmm. But they mm -hmm. say that this book and drinking your own urine is bad. I tend to think that whatever these people say is the opposite, man. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say whatever. I, I am with you. I definitely am skeptical of the things they say. I don't buy into their narrative. But I also realize if I take the approach that 100% what they say, I'm going to take the opposite, that puts me in a place of compromise for, for a controlled narrative. All sure. they have to, you know, for controlled opposition. All they have to do then if they want to get me to accept a certain position is to say the opposite, knowing I'm going to go the exact opposite of what they say. And boom, sure. I'm right back in the same place. So sure. I definitely take it with a grain of salt. I'm like, nah, mm -mm, I know where it came from. I don't know if I can trust that. Might do a little bit more research. But this, I got to draw a firm line on this one. Well, Here's, yeah. That's the thing, man. If you ever get on here on the show and you got yellow teeth, I'm telling you, I'm clowning you immediately. <laughs> you better hey, have never pearly have rights. Teeth. Pearly it's rights a, the entire time. 
I take care of my teeth, damn. All right. For, for real. So, no, I'll, I'll never have yellow teeth. I'll drink my pee through a straw. How's that? <laughs> I'll talk to your dentist. What's going on here? You don't have hey, Mountain dude, Dew mouth. What, what I haven't is been this? to the dentist in like literally 25 years. I'm 30, really? too. Okay. I'll go to the dentist, dude. Interesting. So. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate this, though. This was a fun conversation. I love talking with you guys, man. And the same, dude. I've been excited yeah, it's about always having a blast. This. this was a great time. Heck yeah. We went all over the place. Uh-huh. Yeah, where we landed, though, is really what's got me messed up. <laughs> landed straight in a puddle of urine. Well, don't forget about the pus and blood in your chocolate milk. Okay, Christopher. I had <laughs> forgotten about that, but now that you reminded me, thank you. Oh, man. So, for Ryan, for the two people that haven't heard who you are, uh, tell the people what you do and where they can find you. Thanks, guys. Again, really, really appreciate it. And um, I, I actually would like to have you guys on my show again to talk about the Bible a little bit more. It's something I want to learn about more. So, um, you know, we, All can, right. we can try and talk about like government and, um, you know, I don't know, maybe how we can try and get get more. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, just get more. What you're trying to say is you want more Jesus. That's what you want. No, I don't. No, what you're putting down, Ryan. You I didn't had absolutely follow. I follow Jesus, and I believe in Jesus. I just don't call myself a Christian. Like right. I, when I say prayers in the morning, and when I say prayers at night, I say in Jesus' name. I just don't. I don't like that Christian label for some reason. Yeah, it's something that's, that's that. sticking with me. I, I get it. It's, it's, it's interesting though, because uh, Hank from Six Four Three Conspiracy reached out to us, and he's kind of curious about the same stuff. So yeah, I definitely think it's a. a a needful topic to, to cover for sure. Yeah. And people like you that don't discriminate against people. Cause there's a lot of people, man, that are, that are religious and call themselves Christians. And then they look down at people that aren't there yet or that, that won't maybe, maybe they'll never find themselves to get to where you guys are. But I think it's, it's nice to have conversations with people that can at least be empathetic to the positions that other people are in like myself, where yes, I, I pray to Jesus, but I don't call myself a Christian. You know what I mean? I can mm -hmm. tell genuinely that you, you guys don't judge me for that. And that's like a, that's a big deal to me. So now I'm judging um, you for your pee. I'm just like, yeah, I haven't done that, it yet. That is where my judgment kicks in. You can't in. judge me yet. I you really are stuck, aren't you? That's funny. <laughs> He's a heathen lord. He drinks his own pee. An open-minded person like yourself just can't get past it. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. That's funny. Dude, you don't understand. In my mind, you have got a urinal that you were doing shots out of like, this is the best. Chugging it. it. Chugging yeah. it. Making jungle juice out of the toilet. Exactly. Uh, you heard the toilet wine, dude. Right. You got people over here talking about chug it, chug it. <laughs> Holding their feet up on the toilet and they're just drinking a straw. Um yeah, no, uh so Dangerous World Podcast, you know, I I've talked with uh with Operation Red Pill Pill here a couple times, and every time it's been fun. That first episode we did, man, the Gnosticism in the uh MCU. Is that yep. right? Yeah, yeah, Cinematic yeah, yeah, Universe. Yeah. There we yep, go. That's right. You got it. I remember it. Um, but yeah, and my, my audience loves you guys too. So um I do the Patreon thing, I do the merch thing. I actually got these soaps if we're doing a video. I got these dope soaps and I gotta get you guys some. There's a invasion yeah. scent. These are all conspiracy themed soaps, all natural. I only put a little bit of my own pee in each one. And, <laughs> and they're really good. Uh you know, this I'm sending it back. <laughs> no, man, you'll like them. They're all all they're all uh, you know, we, we go through a, an official company that Ghost actually has a connection to, and uh, we get those and then, you know, put some cool labels on them and sell them. So that's actually but cool. That's about it. Dangerousworldpodcast.com for that kind of stuff. And 
some t-shirts and things like that and um yeah just happy to uh to get the chance to talk with you guys for longer than i expected but you know i, I can talk to you guys all day so this was a fun fun show thank you guys you again. enjoyed it yeah thank you man Bye.